All right, Ever Joe's fans, we are back with another fight night with the Joes. David Van Bokeman here, Ocean tonight. Joined with Ryan Dempsey, brother. How you doing, man? I, I am doing fantastic, and uh, I'm as good as a little schoolgirl to be uh, doing my first ever fight companion with the Joes here uh, here tonight for UFC on Fox 25, Gaslam and Weidman. Yeah, we opened up with a little, little stone-cold Steve Austin arguably and not arguably in my opinion but many is the greatest of all time he was the man yeah, uh, definitely in my books if he's not number if he's not number one he's definitely like one of those like uh yeah. he's a, it's one of those you have to go like one a one b right one you know. B almost kind of things like some people would say you know things, right? some people would say oh it was hogan you know a little, it was hogan man it was all about hogan some people say no 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 fuck that that was only wwf what about flair he did it all over the world you know and i say screw yeah. all you guys man it was austin for me baby it was stone yeah. cold man because yeah i think like even though the ratings were in wcw's favor when hogan jumped ship and all that kind of stuff and you know Stone Cold may have like kind of spiked it back to WWE. You talk about the Monday Night Wars on stuff. At the end of the day, when Stone Cold was running the show, their ratings were in like the seven to eight point. Wow, oh, crazy. Whereas, whereas now they're at like the the two points. Yeah, like, two two point three. And and they they couldn't be on. They only had like Saturday Night Main Event. They couldn't be on like weekly shows back in the seventies, eighties, and. Even Monday Night Raw back in the early '90s, and even Nitro in the early '90s, like they did not do anything. And when Stone Cold took over, it went from WCW winning 2.8 to 2.1 to all of a sudden it was seven to eight, and it was unfathomable. It's, I watched. Uh, it was one of Austin. They had many Austin DVDs, but it was one of them. And Vince McMahon was on, and he said. So as many times as this guy wanted to be the man, you know, Rock thought he was the man, but there was one guy, it was Austin. When we gave Austin the belt the first time against uh, Shawn Michaels at that WrestleMania 15, whatever it was, he said Austin grabbed WWE by the throat and he took us on a ride. You know, he took us on a ride that has never been touched since. As soon as we gave him the belt, we won. That was it. That was the formula. Let Austin do whatever Austin wanted to do, and we won. And think about it, uh, if you go back and watch that, because uh, Shawn Michaels was the champion at the time, yep. uh, he was calling that fight. And he wasn't happy because he had to retire because of his back problems. Yeah, like, he his was back giving, was like, like, He was giving like 40 to 60%. But Stone Cold could only work at you know 50 to 60% at his best because he couldn't really steal the show until the final move, really. You know what I mean? Like, in, in the business you do what you're told to do until you hold the strap kind of thing. Yeah. So Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels come out, and they say like that was their worst WrestleMania match, like, respectively, that they ever both fought, and ended up becoming like, the most important match in WrestleMania history on a lot of different levels. It, it really was. Crazy. And and I watch it, and I'm like, I think it's awesome. And you hear them break it down. Like, they've, uh, at least Stone Cold's broken it down, and he talks about how terrible it was. Yeah. And, and I'm like how, like, how do you say it's terrible? Like, I don't get that. I, like, I mean, it gave us that iconic, you know, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, <laughs> like the Jim Ross call. Like, it, like, that is played all the time. And, like, still, like, for some reason, they look down upon it. Like, I mean, when you're a perfectionist in your craft and you can't give perfection, obviously you're going to look down on it. But, I mean, 
I think it's, I mean, I'm always watching uh, WrestleMania 24's, uh, WrestleMania 14's main event, and how great it was. Yeah, it was awesome. I thought it was. I thought it was outstanding. We watched <laughs> that over and over, and that that ending. I don't know. It was. There's something about it that you can't. You'll never replicate. You'll never duplicate. They didn't thought. You know, they they thought that. I think Austin's big deal was he thought that Michaels could get more because his back was screwed up, and you know, Shawn Michaels, greatest in-ring performer you'll ever see. My God, the man did it all with everybody. So I thought they could. They probably thought they could do more, but you know, what are you gonna do? They, at the end of the day, you know, he gave it to Austin, and Austin ran with it like the man he was. Um, what? what Tyson did do a fast count, though, right? <laughs> he did. He did. He did a fast count. He did. Uh, what about tonight? There's, uh, you know, tonight was kind of a weird card, man. There was only four main card fights, four prelim fights, but like five early prelims. I don't think I've ever remembered seeing five early prelim fights on a card. Yeah. Um, I realized that after, because I remember we, we briefly, briefly touched on it, but... Um, I didn't realize that he kind of got shafted in a sense uh, on the main card because of um, uh, Lamas and Greens. Uh, mm-hmm. And I forgot that you know that was supposed to be on this card. So for this card to take a hit, but for us to get Lamas and uh, Jason Knight next Saturday, I'm not overly mad at it. Yeah. You know, and, for, and for a Fox card. I mean, you think about, like, the old Friday night fights in boxing. You know, you used to get two or three bouts, and that was it. The fact that the UFC puts out 12, I mean, the roster is so overly stacked. But the fact that you get 12 fights a card, you know, uh, fight pass pass prelims, then the Fox cards, and the uh, Fox prelims, and then the main card. I mean, I'm more than... If you give me uh, three or four fights on every fight night in every uh, UFC on Fox, if all of those have three to four fights on the main card, I'm more than happy. I don't need to see five or six fights just because they can do it. It can be a little daunting. You know, it can get a little little tiring. Yeah, you can stack these cards in the right way. Just wait to, you know, you can wait to stack them to the pay-per-view, really. And uh, for the Saturday night free cards, the Fox cards gives, you know, one one or two early prelims, three or four uh, prelim cards, uh, th- or prelim fights, three main card fights, and go home. And that's still ten fights. Ten yeah. fights! I mean, I, mean, let the, I mean, if you were to break down this card in 30 seconds, just by looking at the main card. Bantamweight, R- Rivera versus Almeida, two up-and-comers in an exciting weight class, awesome. Cummings and Volante led heavyweight, two big bangers who aren't afraid to throw down. Awesome second fight. Ramirez and Elkins at featherweight, another fun division with a couple guys that can just can go. It can be a slugfest, a fun decision, or a submission win here or there. And then the the main event, a, a middle middleweight fight with a former champion, an up and comer, and both are arguably at championship caliber or on the cusp of. Yeah, what's well, not to hate about that for four fights? Like that, if every card were to have that lineup, that's awesome. I've been happy with that too. Quality over quantity, all day. Hundred percent, hundred percent, all day. But it's just weird. It's weird looking at, uh, weird looking at the card on paper or for us on the internet, of course, and seeing 
So many early prelims. So really, how many early prelims do you need? Good Lord, man. I'm used to two, maybe three. Have you, ever, uh, have you done? Have you been to um, a UFC uh, event live? I have never been to a UFC event live. Hey, I can speak. Uh, I was at uh, GSP Diaz oh, back boy. in March. Yeah, back in March uh, 2012. <laughs> uh, what you see on TV or on pay per view, when you see that first fight of the night and there's like 50 people. I was one of those 50 people. It it really is that empty. It's not like they're showing something from 2 in the afternoon. It is 7 o'clock in the evening or like whatever time respected uh, yeah. to the 6. Um, it is very, very empty. Um, and I think it's unfair to these up-and-coming fighters. I saw a couple of fun fights, and there was only a handful of people to watch what we saw. And like... I mean, I almost felt gifted the fact that I was like, it was almost like a, a private showing for like a rock concert. You know what I mean? Like, sure. you're like a, you know, kind of thing like we're an artist that puts out 50 seats and that's it. But these are guys who are trying to make, uh, make a name for themselves and no one's there to see them, so no one can talk about them. So they can't get the, their names on the street pushed forward so that they can get pushed up on the card. If the UFC were to make the cards a bit smaller and stack them differently, a lot of these fighters would get a lot... Uh, I think they get a lot better publicity. Well, this one... Where's, where's this one? This is Long Island, so... Yeah, you know what? I didn't check out the earlies. I tend to... I tend to watch it weird. I watch... I'll watch the prelims of the main card, and then I'll go back and watch the early prelims after. I don't know why. I've always done... I tend to always do it that way, uh, because with the early prelims, I can watch them anytime I want, being on Fight Pass. Uh, so I, I tend to get stuff ready for the show and get stuff done around the house or whatever I have to do while the earlies are going on. And I'll, and I'll see the earlies uh, highlights throughout the day as they show them, you know, on the uh, replays and stuff throughout the show. But I'll watch the earlies after. I don't know why. I just That's how I've always done it. And... Um, but it's yeah, it's, it's it's crazy like that, and you know, the first I'm hoping my first UFC event will be uh, UFC 218, which will be in Detroit this year. I'm hoping that so that'll be my That's first right. one. That Little Caesars, right there. Yeah, for? yes, it will. Yeah. Yep, we'll see if uh, when tickets go available, what's what's open. Uh, if it sells out quick, you know what happens. But I'm hoping to get get some tickets for that one and and go see that. So. We'll see what happens there. Maybe get a. I mean, that'll be in December, so it'll likely be the last big card, you know, of the year. Uh, maybe they'll stack it up for us. Is that? That's the early December card. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, they could. Yeah, that could possibly be the last one. There, it could right? be. I don't know. They might want. They might. Because they've been kind of iffy with that whole NCAA football right because last year the way they did the uh NCAA playoffs and the new year's eve the the way everything kind of fell they had to push it to the friday and i know that they're they weren't overly happy with having to do the friday night card Mm -hmm. so they might just they might even sacrifice the the end of december card just make that early december card the last one and maybe do like an early january thing yeah exactly i don't know what they're gonna do it's uh so it likely could be like I said, the last one of the year. So you never know. It could be it's it could be a hell of a stacked card for Detroit. 
And That'll be where uh, Ngano wins the, the uh, heavyweight title. I would love to be there live to see Ngano fight and see him win that. I haven't Is seen that? that. You know, I I, I love so I love Ngano so much uh, as a fighter, and I would love to see him be the fighter to watch live. You know, as as my first yeah. venture into a live fight. I mean, if you were to play matchmaker based off the fights that we've just seen, oh wow, okay, and based and based on the fights that are coming up, Stipe's the only one that's not really tied into anything because even though there's the whole rumor about him and Kane, he's also refusing to uh, to sign anything until his contract is is fixed up. If he holds out for you know three four weeks and Ngano takes out Dosan- uh, uh, yeah, Dosantos, mm-hmm. do you go with a guy with Ngano who's got three three wins in the last nine months, or do you go with Kane Velasquez whose last win was UFC 200 and is constantly hurt? I mean. If if Ngano wins next month, I could easily see them saying, "Hey, Stipe, here's a massive payday. Let's sign this one and uh, let's get going." Yeah, it's hard to trust Kane anymore, man. It's really hard to trust the dude to make it to a fight, especially if you're banking on you know last pay per view of the year, you know this something or or something big that you wanna yet you wanna sell. Right. Uh, Three, four weeks out, the guy's like, no, my knee's hurt again. No, my back, you know, I need more back surgery. It's, it's, you, you can't trust him anymore. He's pulled out of so many fights, and he's always hurt. And You know, he's, and, and, you know, he's really quickly become... Uh, we, we talked about Brock Lesnar with the uh, diverticulitis the other night. Um, and what could he have possibly been if he got into the UFC younger and healthier? Imagine if Kane never had those back... Like, the wear and tear of all that high school and collegiate, mm. or even before high school wrestling. So, I mean, obviously it helped propel him to what he is today. But if you take all that wear and tear off his body and he still could perform at that level, the, like, the beast that he could have been... I mean, the way that he outboxed uh, Nogueira... Still, like I watch that part sometimes. I watch him knock out Nogueira. I mean, he'll punch Nogueira something like forty to like like seven. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. Like, I mean, for for like, for a jujitsu black belt, Nogueira is like probably one of the, the one of the best boxers. He's a hell of a boxer. He, he's one of the, the probably the, the best UFC heavyweight boxers ever. And Kim Velasquez, who's just strictly a wrestler, said, "Oh, you like to box? Check this out." And just went to town. Like it, it was ridiculous. I don't know where. I mean, he could have been. He could have been the guy, without those back injuries and those knee injuries and those whatever else injuries that he had. Would have been the fatal to the UFC, possibly. Because he was that. He was that new breed heavyweight. He wasn't two hundred and sixty-five pounds, and he didn't balloon up to two hundred and ninety pounds after the weigh-ins. You know, he was a like lean, that. 235 pounds cardio machine. He, he was the he was the heavyweight that could go five rounds and still have gas. He was that new breed, right. that new style. I mean, and, and he's and the, the saddest thing is how young he still is. Yeah, that's it's the, not like he's an old man. Like that's that's the that's the part that like when you see it, you breaks your heart. You're like, oh man, like he could have defended the heavyweight title like six, seven, eight times by now. 
and still be in the prime of his career. But instead, these injuries just just curtailed. Like he's he's probably the UFC heavyweight division's biggest what if. I mean that and Frank Mir's motorcycle accident. Oh yeah, yeah. Those those two, I right? like that was. I mean. So here we got the first fight of the night: Thomas Almeida and Jimmy Rivera, which I thought when we were doing the show, I, I pegged could be the fight of the night. Yeah, I was with you on that. I didn't realize that Jimmy Rivera was the favorite. I, I'm, I'm high on the kid, but I, I didn't think uh, he was going to be the favorite going into this one. I was, I was kind of at the wash where you know if one guy was the favorite, or the other guy was. It was going to be so low that it didn't really matter. You know. Yeah, I mean, he, but it was he's like plus one twenty, so it's not like it's not like it's a it's a ridiculous yeah you know, like, uh, a ridiculous favorite. So what is the key here? What what is the key for Jimmy Rivera? What has Jimmy Rivera got to avoid? He, you know what? I don't know if it's what he has to avoid as uh, as much as it's what he right there the leg kicks. He, uh, he has to implement uh, the leg kicks early on. Like, he's very, like, uh, Almeida just landed a, a nice crisp leg kick. I think uh, <coughs> there's another one. Rivera's got to land his leg kicks because that was what really helped him take out Faber. You take out the leg, uh, you t- he, he, his leg kicks are awesome. He takes out the leg, and all of a sudden, Almeida's explosiveness is gone. And Almeida's the kind of guy that he, can, he doesn't care going to the decision. He'll, he'll, you know, ground you out. He can stand with you. But if he wants to stand with Almeida, he has to make sure that Almeida's not going to land anything, anything silly, like a, like a flying knee, like a hit picket. He's not going to get hit with uh, a, a barrage of punches anywhere. You know, he's got to really uh, make sure that Almeida is is neutral as long as he can be neutral. All right, so... Between you and I, we got a little bit of delay because I'm watching through the internet and I'm watching on FoxSports.com through my yeah, streaming so service. I'm at, uh, I'm at 3:33 right now. Yeah, I'm at 4:10, so not too bad, okay. but a little bit of a delay, so I, but I, not so bad. I don't stream anything. I don't stream anything. <laughs> if anything happens, we'll wait on that. But you know, it's, I, it's, I said that now, but all of a sudden you're gonna be like, "Oh my god!" If, if, it, <laughs> if it happens, don't worry, I'll see it in another. 20 seconds, not a big deal. But, you and, know, the listener, and the listeners, it doesn't really matter. Oh, shit! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's not like they're going to hear it anytime soon. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, they're going to hear it when, uh, when they listen to it after the, the card's over anyway, right? One of the benefits of, of, of not going through a full streaming service is that, you know, we're on streaming is on a little bit of, of a delay than, than going straight cable. And, and I've adopted almost a 100% streaming setup for, you know, right, yeah. for what I do. So, um, that's that. That's that you have looks nice too, by the way. Isn't it? It's it's comfortable. That's, that's, that's you know, you sent me earlier. That thing. That's uh, it's perfect, right? I mean, yeah. you, you can get two, three, four people in there. And Absolutely, it looks, it looks nice. You know, and I've got I've got all the mics for you know two, three, four people. I've got the setup. Oh, okay, Jim Rivera's holding down. Oh, Jim Rivera's trying to wrestle Almeida, which may or may not be the best idea. Uh, um, I don't want to take Almeida down to the ground, but I mean, you know, sometimes. Sometimes throwing someone off, like, uh, you know, you, you take down a jiu-jitsu guy and you're a stand-up person, you try to wrestle with them, they might throw them off their game, kind of, you know what I mean? I mean, Yeah, a little bit of tussle in the in the grapple there. Uh, Almeida held on the cage a little bit. Rivera lost his mouthpiece, but, you know, nothing, no big deal. 
big uh, Dan Mergliata split him up, and they're trading again. Rivera starting to land his uh, the leg kicks now. Really a nice. That's going to be, like you said, that's going to be a big, big, big deal for Rivera. Chop the leg, chop the leg, chop the leg. I mean, I mean and, and that's the thing, like, and that's what uh, I'm most surprised about when you see guys fight uh, Barboza. I don't know if they don't train it or if they don't have a chance to implement it in the fight, but when I see Barboza fighting, I see guys try to get inside with him. Oh, yeah. But, if I'm fighting Barboza, I want to try and get to the outside. Absolutely. And I, take, and I would want to take out the legs before... I mean, you know, you might have to eat a kick here and there, but you need to... Oh, shit! Oh. Uh, here we're coming. Something's coming up you, good, boys. You want it? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I'm waiting for it. When you're fighting guys, you want to try and land the kicks that are going to disarm them. You know what I mean? Like... And I mean, and that's the credit to Barboza is that he has the ability to not let you implement taking out his legs. Bing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Edson Barboza, you want to you want to stop counter those leg kicks with a takedown. If anything else, I mean, if, no, or if nothing yeah. else, you got to try to. You have to go after his legs early and eat a couple, but try to hurt his legs so that his leg kicks aren't going to land as strong and as flush. And also, he might just have to abandon game plan and try something else. Tim but, Rivera gets a quick take, I mean, a quick knockdown with a hell of a right hand, but Almeida, you know, right back up. This is one of those kind of odd rounds where you can argue two drops, it could be a 10-8 round, but how big were those knockdowns and how much did he get from it? Yeah. You know, I think it's a fair 10-9. But if you see a 10-8, I wouldn't necessarily argue that on that round. No, I don't see that. I, I don't see it that dominant. Uh, single knockdown, probably not. Uh, maybe there's a couple takedowns, couple knockdowns. Uh, the the yeah. numbers look okay. I'm trying to keep track of the UFC.com numbers on the um, on the trades and the striking. The numbers are looking pretty close, 24-25 on the strikes. Um there's a couple knockdowns for Jim Rivera, but I don't see anything that would denote him uh, getting a 10-8. No. I mean, that's a beautiful first round. Yeah, outstanding. Exactly what I kind of uh, expected to see from this fight. Like, I, I didn't expect to see Almeida get knocked down twice uh, this early. That was kind of a shocker. I mean, but that, that you know, uh, that right hand. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean it, it kind of reminds me of like, that Dominic Cruz. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, you know what I mean? You get caught once, getting caught the second time is even easier to go down. Absolutely. And he landed, that, I mean, his fir- the first knockdown, that, that left was just so flush. I mean, having him made up against the cage, just the way he got right inside and just landed it perfectly. So where are you at right now, Ryan? Are you in the second round started yet? Yeah, we are at uh, ten seconds into the uh, into the second round right now. Okay, I just—they're just standing up for the second round. So, just saw the trailer for that Dark Tower, that new uh, Idris Elba. Oh, fuck them! Doesn't it look it. awesome? Oh, I mean, oh, my, my one of my golden rules for Hollywood is if Idris Elba's in it, I will watch. It. Watch it. I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter. What <laughs> I mean, Idris Elba could sit there and talk to me how. How they make tape, and I will probably end up. He's like, he's like, he's my Morgan Freeman. You know what I mean? Sure. 
Right. Played a hell of a Heimdall, didn't he? What's that? He played a hell of a Heimdall in uh, the Thor movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, even going back to uh, Stringer Bell. Oh God, yeah. Oh my God. When I, I first, like, I didn't even realize, like, I when I rewatched The Wire two years ago, but I was, I mean, so I watched it when when it first aired, and that was it. And about two years ago, I mean, two and a half years ago, I, I rewatched it. And I was like. Idris Elba? Oh, yeah, he's outstanding. Yeah. Nice knee by Almeida. Yeah, that, 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 that's for near the body. Yeah, he was amazing in that show. Outstanding. It was yeah. one of the greatest shows ever. I mean, it was top five for me. No doubt. Yeah, for, when it goes to dramas, it goes uh, uh, no particular order. Sopranos, uh, Wire, and uh, The Shield. Yeah, absolutely. And I haven't watched Oz yet. I want to get. I want to get onto Oz because I've heard a lot of information about that. And that one's been off the air for yeah. almost a quarter of a century. It feels like at this point. So they're standing up and trading pretty good. I mean, it's it's a lot of similarities to the first round. Um, save some I mean, knockdowns, but Amanda's punching is a lot crisper this round. He's a, he seems to be hitting his his mark a lot better. See, got, the range seems to be better. Yeah, he got, he he has a reverse split a little bit right now under the uh, the right eye it looks like or around the right eye. Being nice left from Jimmy Rivera. Neither one of them seem to be wanting to to take it anywhere to the ground. They want to seem to stand the feet and trade. Nice right hand again by Jimmy Rivera. Rocked Almeida very very quickly, but he's right back on top of it. Rivera's left hand is really. I mean, I'm in. This, like, he's landing this left, and I'm really impressed by like, how he's finding uh, that opening. Like he just, he's reading Almeida perfectly when he needs to. I mean, he, <clears throat> you know, when when you're able to land with your lead hand that crisp, you're you're really re- oh shit oh. So first blood was drawn. Uh, Jimmy Rivera's bleeding from his right eye. Not significant, Almeida. slight trickle, but it's there. Almeida's starting to get uh, starting to go for the, the highlight reel crane kicks right now. <laughs> uh, looks like Almeida caught a little bit of a, of a kick to the nuts, but he just, you know, they, they just kind of slapped her gloves and, and called it off. Wasn't a bad deal. Nothing. Like uh, 40 seconds or so, you're going to see the, uh, it's a miss, but you're going to get the uh, the old image of um, Machida and uh, Kapoor there. <laughs> <laughs> Made it hit the oh yeah, there, Jimmy goes down to one knee. I wonder if they'll they'll score that as a knockdown at all. He went down, but not completely. But you know, one knee. Maybe we'll see what, how they score it. <laughs> there's there's the kick. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't care what anyone says. Like when it comes to like, those Frank, like Anderson Silva, Vito Belfort. That I mean, that one's going down in history as being the, the the first one, the big one ever. Yeah. But Machan Couture oh, might man. be my favorite. Mine too. Knockout ever. Yeah. Because it was like, it, I, I honestly feel like, you know, because coming from the karate background, I feel like he was sitting at home and oh, sitting in uh, sitting in some hotel room in Toronto on Friday night trying to get inspiration. And he probably looked at his coach and said, put on karate kid. I got it. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta get something going here. I gotta get some inspiration. <laughs> yeah, because the way that I mean, it was such. I mean, Kapoor's tooth is still orbiting Earth right now. Yeah, 
Well, when it comes to kicks, especially, but oh, there's a nice high kick by Almeida. My my favorite would be Edson Barboza's spinning kick of Terry Adam. Uh, still to this day. Oh, I don't even know if I can enjoy that one anymore because it's giving me nightmares of watching Terry Adam just go stiff with the board, like yeah, and start seizing. Barboza was his foot. He like he was still foot in the air, and Barboza was stiff. I was watching, I was dating this girl, uh, Shannon, at the time, and, and she doesn't like violence, she doesn't like to know, I was like, just come on, watch this with me, and I, and I plugged it on, and she's seen this, and she's seen him stiffen up and fall down and start seizing, and she was almost in tears, like, I, why do you make me do this? I was in uh, I was in college at the time, so we got a bunch of uh, testosterone and alcohol-fueled cooks. I mean, at the time, I'm 26, 27, and everyone's like 18. What are you guys doing, speaking? Oh, we go pirating, pirating, blah, blah, blah. Like, one of my players, watch the fights. Yeah, yeah it's going to be good. Oh, what's the thing? I'm like, you got Edson Barbosa and you got Jose Aldo, you got Brazil. Like, I'm, it means nothing to you, but trust me, those three things, Barbosa, Aldo, Brazil, that's all you need to know. And uh, I had a couple guys come over. They bought into my to my sale, my pitch. And uh, that thing, like, and I said, watch, this one here 100% ends by, by a Barbosa kick. I don't know how. Yeah. That landed my one buddy, and he, this guy's like, you know, he'll walk into a, like into a hardware store and eat a handful of nails. <laughs> when he saw that kick, he got up and left the room. He's like, no, that's not, can't do it, can't do it. No. <laughs> I'm like, well, I told you, man. Like, I told you it'd be a kick. Oh, big take down by Rivera. So, uh, recap of the second round. I was right. They did give Almeida the, the knockdown. For Jimmy Rivera just going to his knee, it was considered a knockdown. The, the stats were close for that second round, just as they were. Two strikes differential. Uh, these numbers have been exceedingly close for uh, both these guys. I got it 1-1. I don't, I mean... I got Jimmy on the first round, Thomas in the second round. Yeah, just based off the knockdowns. Exactly. That, that's the only difference. I mean, but uh, well, right now, though... Rivera. Yeah, with the takedown. Yeah, Rivera's got this this round as of now. But I mean, there's still four minutes left, so. But still, I mean, he's he's got the takedown. He's he's controlling. He's striking. You know, this is all this is all Rivera right now. He's he's on top. He's in the guard of Thomas yeah. Almeida. Wait for about uh, on the way back. Wait for about uh, three fifty-five mark. There's one of those uh, close knees again, with the uh, hands on the ground against the cage. It was it was kind of close, but there wasn't any. Didn't look. Uh, too controversial, but just I mean, ever since this this rule came into place, now I'm finding myself watching those hands on the ground, like the Weidman incident. Yes. The, uh, every time someone lands a knee, and like especially when you can't see their like when you can't see their hands where it's touching, I instantly go, like, oh, oh, where where was it? Was it? Oh, they're good. They're good. Oh, oh, it was close. It was so yeah, close. It, it, yeah. But it was legal. I did see yeah, it. I watched close. It was completely legal. I mean, Dan was right there, right? And he didn't. St- and he was right there, and he didn't do anything there. So, but it was really close. I mean, it, and that's that's the problem with these new rules, right? Like, like we all talked about this when the rules changed. Mm-hmm. Um, we all talked about nice left by Rivera. What was going to happen? Because there's going to be so like the the one point, two point, three point, four points, like whatever you want to call them. There's going to be so many times where you you need to almost say like, look, soccer kicks 
are perfectly legal, or they're or they're not. Like it, it has to. You, it's so hard to say like one hands down that you can you can't do it, but if one knees down, you can't. Like it's like, yeah. It's so hard to. It's 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 paper thin, and it's the difference between a guy becoming champion or being cut. And as guy and as you know, podcasters and and fans like we are. We were for so many years with UFC rules conditioned not to see knees on the ground. You know, when even with a, a finger down, a single finger down, yeah. we were so conditioned. And now with the new rules, whenever I see a knee, I'm instantly triggered to say it's illegal because I was so. I, I have to, you know, I have to recondition myself after years of conditioning of thinking that's illegal to say no, it's not. It's not anymore. That's okay. Late last year, the. Um, uh... Means Oliveira fight. Prime example. I mean, I thought that was fine, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. I thought Weidman was fine, and it wasn't. And yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, and then, exactly. And, and, then, and then I thought that um, I thought the Poi wasn't, and then it turned out that it was, but it was too late. So it's like, I mean, there, there's all these like, fi- and then it's state to state. Yeah, and, that's and, the bitch, like, man. And they go to South Africa. I mean, look at boxing. If you go, if if Floyd made Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor say we're gonna fight three times, once in Vegas, once in Dublin, and once in Johannesburg, South Africa. Yep. The rules are all the same. A hundred percent, every time. Rivera was all made a grinding against the cage a little bit. Go ahead. Another big takedown with a minute to go for Rivera there. That's I think Rivera's bad. got this this round Rivera's locked up, brother. Twenty nine, twenty eight. Twenty nine, twenty eight. Rivera. And I had, I had Almeida uh, in this, in this fight. Uh, I had his youth, I had his, uh, his speed. Yeah. I, had advan- I had a lot of advantages for him. But Jimmy Rivera proves why he is the higher ranked fighter. He proves why he's got a hell of a record, and he proves why he is, you know, he's a top contender in that featherweight division. You know, uh, and going when we were calling the, those car the, the cards the other night, I wanted to take Rivera. I know you did. But, uh, <laughs> I wanted to take Rivera so bad, and I was talking myself out of it. When, yeah. I mean, if, if, if people go back and listen to it, I was I said I'm taking Almeida because Rivera's a better striker. Rivera's better. I, I said all these braces of Rivera. Exactly. Because the one I, my biggest thing with Almeida is I just. I can't get that Brad Pickett knockout out of my head when Pickett tried to land a flying knee and he missed. And as he missed it, Almeida grabbed his head and landed his own flying knee. And that, that image sticks with me. And it's one of those things that, I mean, I have to move on. It's been, it's been two years now. I like, like to, you know, like, I, like knocking out, <laughs> knocking out Brad Pickett two years ago. doesn't mean he's the world champion five years from now, but I'm stuck in that mindset of like, you know, like, like, I like. I wanted. I, I wanted. Uh, I wanted Rivera to win. I think uh, twenty and twenty-eight. So, uh, uh, another side note: our boy Blake, Money Blake, weather posted on your John Hurd uh, passing away post. He says he'll always be Kevin McAllister's dad to him. Shout out to our Loaded Joe's friends and family out there. Loaded Joe's podcast ran by Blake Money Blake Weather, great friend of the show, great guy, outstanding insights, and. We have gained a lot from from Blake, so congratulations and uh, thanks to Blake for all of his all of his success. See now, here's my big thing. I love apparently being the Outcast, and I love 
when people rip me apart. Goonies? Terrible movie. Home Alone? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Kara comes up to me our first year of dating. She goes, watch Home Alone? I said, no, I don't. You can watch it at home alone. I'm, gonna, I'm sitting here and I'm watching Christmas Vacation. That's it. Like, there's no Home Alone being watched in this household. It's been, Kara's been fighting with me for a decade about Home Alone. I think Home Alone is the absolute worst movie ever, unless you're a big fan of child abuse. Yeah, John Hurt, man. I didn't expect to see that coming. It's been a a crappy week, right? There was a couple other actors that earlier this week. I can't remember uh, who it was, but there was a couple other. um, There's a Canadian actor. I can't think I can see him right now. Uh, No one who's listening to this is even going to think of the name either, but. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Ah, well, whatever. Decision time here now. All right, who are we going to have? 29 28. Gotta be Rivera. Yep, Jimmy Rivera takes the decision. And he earned that fight. You know, I have a hard time. I don't. Jimmy Rivera's a New Jersey fighter, and I always tend to. I shouldn't have picked against him because I usually don't pick against New Jersey fighters. I, you know, I, I always pick the. You know, I always pick the guys from Jersey. I just. I have that right. Jersey connection. You know, my babies are there. I lived there for so long, and. Uh, I should have picked against them. I, should, I, I know those boys out there. They're tough motherfuckers from Jersey. And if they if you beat them in the cage, they come back with a bat. You beat them with a bat, they come back with a gun. And you beat them with a gun, you better kill them. Because they'll keep coming back. And that, that was the, fun, the, the the thing, too, for me. that One of those reasons why I'm so shocked with, uh, with Eddie Alvarez. Uh, and how disappointing he's... I mean... He's been, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say disappointing. Uh, but I'll say, I, I'll use the word disappointing in the sense of his UFC career. Even though he was the champion. One and done. You know. But he's been around for so long. Yeah, I guess that's sometimes. Yeah. Trying to, I'm trying to figure out the words, but I mean, like, I mean, yeah, I think this kid has been going for so many years. I say kid, he's, he's older than me. But, <laughs> he's not, I could call him a kid. He ain't older than me. Yeah. This cat, this cat. Yeah, there you go. Use cat. In underground fighting. Yeah. Know, all the boxing, all the wrestling, getting into Bellator, all the wars in Bellator, and then jumping to the UFC and, and his, hey, Donald Cerrone. Like, what? And then Sergio Pet, uh, Anthony Pettis. I mean, you know, I mean, he, maybe he was gifted a couple fights after the Cerrone introduction. Yeah. But, I mean, but I don't know, like... I got some. I, I I don't feel good about. Uh, I don't feel good about Alvarez going forward. I mean, even after uh, losing to McGregor, beating Dos Anjos, who's no longer on steroids, uh, losing to Cerrone, beating a down and out uh, Anthony Pettis, uh, beating a uh, off of steroids Gilbert Melendez, getting knocked out uh, at his own game by Conor McGregor. I mean, that was another I, example I, I, to me. Uh, of when when Eddie Alvarez came in, it was another example of, of the thing that I brought up many times: is you you fed you brought this dude in that you love and you fed him the wrong you fed him to the wrong fucking fighter. You bring exactly. in Eddie Alvarez and you give him Donald Cerrone. What are you high? The best thing to do is really, I mean, Cerrone coming in or uh, Alvarez coming in. I'm a hundred percent that you give him someone like 
Alvarez then. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. Uh, Pettis or, or exactly. Melendez. Exactly. Those guys. Yeah. Two guys that need a comeback. And that way he kind of gets warmed up. And he's going to get the win. And I could, I mean, the Shorty fight wasn't necessarily terrible. He did have points where he looked really, really good. But he was never going to win that. And I go back, there's a there's a couple fighters that came in and they didn't feed him to killers right away. When Mark, that you know, that fighters that they're really high on, they're like, these guys are going to be awesome. Think about Connor. When Connor came in, who'd they give him? Mark, Marcus Brimage. They didn't feed him to, you know, they didn't give Connor the best of the best. You know, they gave him Marcus Brimage so that he could cut his teeth. I mean, I remember talking to a. Uh... I mean, that's just this is almost a perfect leeway into like I have so many rants about McGregor Mayweather for the next month and a half. But you know, when McGregor was getting ready to fight Aldo, before Aldo decided to pull an Aldo and not show up at UFC 189, mm-hmm. I I I called McGregor first round knockout. I'm I'm biased as fuck. Of course, I will never. I will never not admit, like, if GSP is fighting Anderson Silva five years ago, I'm taking GSP. I stand by the guys that I like. Absolutely. As, I mean, um, and everyone kept on telling me, he beat Marcus Brimage. He beat Max Holloway. He beat Dustin Poirier. He beat Dennis Seaver in the second round, blah, 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 all that crap. But to me, it was more that you're not looking at the big picture. It's how he's doing it. And how he's telling them, when the fight's announced, he says, he signs and says, first round knockout. And then, you know, he signs the Chad Mendes thing until Dana White, within three rounds, $5,000. Want to bet me? Like, he's, he's <laughs> I mean, he's, he's not putting pressure on anyone but himself. Exactly. And that's why when he says, I'm going to knock out Mayweather in four rounds, I don't necessarily agree that it's going to happen but I'm not going to be surprised if it does happen because Connor has time and time again shown me what I need to see he's not one of those guys that says I'm going to kick your ass and then it's ground and pound for, for five rounds Like I'm, I'm going to beat his face and you're never going to recognize him and then it's five rounds of ground and pound and, you know what I mean like mm-hmm. or, or, or just straight pull it in a fight. Connor says, first round knockout does it. First round knockout does it. You know, tears his knee against Holloway, so it had to be a decision because he couldn't really do what he wanted. And then when he doesn't do what he wants to do, like the Dennis Seaver fight, he says, I'm going to knock more than, I'm gonna, he said, I'm going to knock that Nazi midget out in two minutes. <laughs> and then it goes to the, and what do they do? The first question they say, Connor, how do you feel? Did I say two minutes? I meant within two rounds. He <laughs> makes fun of himself. That's just like, like that's like Conor McGregor. Like that's why he is so fun to watch. Yeah, he's exciting. That's why he's the, the you know, the top draw, highest paid MMA fighter of all time, biggest draw. I mean, he's so many titles that he has. That's why he's got that. And that's why he's got that in five years' time. It, it yeah. didn't take him ten years of being undefeated like Jose Aldo. <laughs> You know, it didn't take this five years. Not even five years because he hasn't fought in, in his, his fifth year. He's he's been boxing. It's really been like three and a half to four, really. 
It's uh, a, and all it does is grow the sport. I mean, everyone, everyone that comes out and says Mayweather's going to knock out Conor McGregor in the first round, I look at them and I say, fine. I don't care. And they say, aren't you <laughs> Conor gets knocked out? I'm like, you know what he's doing for MMA? Do you know the eyes that he's drawing? People are good. Like, there are, I know boxing fans who have never watched MMA. I know, I'm, I'm talking to like 60, 70 year olds who cannot stand Conor McGregor. And they come into the cafe and they're talking with me about boxing and about MMA. And I, and I told them, like, look, the next Conor McGregor fight in UFC, you come over to my house. I will make you dinner. I'll cook you a steak. I'll buy a $200 bottle of wine and watch Conor McGregor's next fight. And they, they say, I'm in. And these are guys that have never once watched a single minute of MMA. But, Con but they grew up with boxing. But now they're going to watch. They're willing to consider watching MMA. I think, you know what, I think one of my favorite parts about this whole boxing and, and Conor Floyd and everything uh, is not even so much as the Conor and, and Floyd thing. It's the fact that he said that he said, after I, I beat Floyd, I want Khabib in, in Russia. He's already looking past Floyd Mayweather onto his next target. He's He's constantly moving. He's constantly making things. He's constantly doing stuff. He's he's a madman. He's a fucking madman. I'm I, I oh God, I, I I I honestly I feel like when it comes to talking about McGregor Mayweather, I seriously need someone to put like tubes in my brain because there's like fifteen different subjects that flow <laughs> at the exact same time. And I like I try to say one thing, and like I'll say like words that start so many different sentences, but um. But Connor, I don't think Connor honestly cares about my, about Mayweather. I think the only way that he truly, in his heart, deep down, cares about beating Mayweather is if he ends up fighting Canelo next, and then Triple G, and then continues on with boxing and just goes after for boxing super fights, and then become you know what? He could theoretically become the Bo Jackson or the Deion Sanders of combat sports. Do MMA, do boxing. Two fights a year. One in January, uh, one in July, one in December. Do like a July boxing fight, a December boxing fight. And just do one in one, say fuck the belts, and he'll make Oh my god. He will make more money. He's gonna make more money, first of all, off this fight than the entire UFC roster combined is going to make this year. He's expected to make about somewhere around $80 million for this. Just think about, the, I mean, if you take all the all the uh, the contract, like the, the per-fight contracts, and say each fighter, one fight, what they make, add it up, Conor McGregor on August 26th will probably be making more by three or four times that. Yeah. Than the entire UFC roster. It's you know what we don't know what he's really gonna make you know, but there's estimates and stuff out there. Of course, uh, the most logical estimates that I've seen is somewhere between eighty and ninety million dollars for this fight. And that doesn't include the unknown endorsement deals because he's a free agent for endorsements. I don't know what I mean. That's from what I gathered. They that their their estimates that was you know all in was eighty oh, ninety. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, eighty okay. ninety maybe hundred you know somewhere in there not quite a hundred million dollars but 
to be honest, I mean, for Christ's sake, 80 to 90, that's like three to four times what he's worth already. You know, I mean, he's, his net worth right now is like 30, 40 million dollars. You know what I mean? So to add another 80 to 90 on top of that, awesome. You know, it, it's funny, um, kind of going back to what I was saying before, uh, talking to these, uh, these old guys about boxing, and they said, can you believe that this Irish kid is going to get $100 million just to get knocked out in the first round? And I looked at him. I'll do I it. Just, I don't know if I screw the eyes. I said, are you telling me that if I were to say, I will give you $100 million to get knocked out, you're going to say no? I'll do I, it right now. I, mean, I will smash my own head off the wall <laughs> if you're going to give me $10 million, let alone $100 million. I have, I have brittle bone disease. I have a broken jaw right now. I have a hairline fracture in my jaw. I will go in there right now. I haven't even had my first kickboxing lesson yet. I will go in the cage, in a cage, in a ring, out back. I don't care where. $100 million? You can hit me with a fucking metal baseball bat in the face 30 times if you want to. Pay me. Pay me. $100 million. Are you kidding me? They're like, can you believe he's I'm like, I don't understand your argument. Why wouldn't you want that? Do you know what my daughters could do with $100 million? Are you fucking kidding me? They will buy a university for for fucking uh, education. Fuck, man. $100 million bucks? Give me a break. The best part is I had a customer say, I can't believe he's going to be paid $100 million to be embarrassed. <laughs> I, he said, said, what? Uh, he's going to get paid to be embarrassed. I... When I was in grade school, I peed my pants and needed to get a dime. He's going to get $100 million? You Sign can't me. believe he's going to do this. Jesus. Oh, my God. It's like, I, mean, I understand the generational difference. I do, too, but... But at the same time, it's like... But I don't funny. understand it at the same time. Like, I do, but funny. I don't. Ugh. You almost want to look at these people and say, how much money have you paid in your lifetime to win the lottery? <laughs> Of, of, of $10 million, and you never once won. Oh, my God. Now, now, let's take away how much did you pay and not win, and we're going to say you're not going to win, and we're going to pay you instead. We're talking about doing all this weird stuff for $100 million. For Christ's sake, I'd take a baseball bat to the face for a million for my babies. I mean, oh, you know what I mean? You know what I could, you know, two two daughters, a million dollars, half a million each into a trust fund, bam, you're set for life, babies. Look what Daddy did for you. Have a great life. Oh, okay. In a heartbeat. You know I what mean, I mean? <laughs> you know the, uh, not, what's the, is it Powerball? Is that the big one in the state? Yeah, what's yeah, it? Powerball, Mega Millions, one of the two, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, it, in Ontario, we have 649, and we have, um, well, Canada, 649, and then we have the uh, Lotto Max is, uh, is Ontario. And Lotto Max is always 50 million, and then that, that's it. It, just, it peaks at, at 50 million. Mm-hmm. And people come up to me like, oh, my God. Can you believe that guy won $50 million? He is he's set for life. I'm like, if you give me $2 million, I'm set for life. <laughs> $50 million, no Jeez. one in my family is working for, like, eight generations. No doubt. And, that, and that's because the eighth generation had been so spoiled that they just all overdosed on something. I mean, if, if you're intelligent, you can make a half a million work. If you... If you have the proper low, uh, low risk, uh, even low yield interest 
investment. You can make a half million work for you for the rest of your life because you can bring off 50k a year off of that. And if you can't live off 50k a year, there's something wrong with you. And, and, n- and never touch the principal. Just live off the interest. No problem. Right. This guy works into something funny that I, I showed it the other day on Facebook. I don't know if you saw it. It was uh, O.J. Simpson. Which, I mean, congratulations, O.J. Oh, God. <laughs> but, but, but there was this thing that I saw, and it was, you know, O.J. Simpson has, and then it lists it all. He won the Heisman, or he won the national championship at USC. Won the Heisman Trophy. Won the NFL MVP. Eclipsed 2,000 yards rushing. Was elected into the College and Pro Football Hall of Fame. Was acquitted for double murder. <laughs> Served nine years of 33 years Jesus. for kidnapping, armed robbery, and and uh, an assault. Yeah. While in jail, he earned $600,000. The second he steps out of jail, he's officially eligible to collect his $60,000 a month NFL pension. Yeah. Simpson is going to step out. The second O.J. Simpson puts his foot on free soil, he's going to make more money by putting his foot down than I'm going to make in two years. And I saw that, and I openly wept. <laughs> and then the from the TV shows and the book deals and the movie deals. That's like, where the fuck did I go wrong in life? That was a murderer <laughs> more than me. Where did I go wrong in life? Nice guys literally finished last. All the time. We got Cummins and Beyonce on right now. Mad stash. Number one, uh, number two, the, the last of the big uh, stashes. Uh, that stash uh, didn't go too well. No, that's all right, though. But it uh, looks like Beyonce, they're, they're trying to... Um, uh, Cummins oh. is trying to grind him on the cage, but it's not working out. Vante is really hammering on him. Cummins got a little bit of a cut up there. It looks like John McCarthy just flipped up. He's looking at it. Think, oh. Oh, oh, man. Volante is that, really hammering on him. It's, a, it's a, one, of those, one of those cuts that bleeds, you know? It's a, he's a bleeder. He's always been. He's just like Jeff said at the you know on the show. He's the guy that you look at at the end of the fight, and he's always swollen up both eyes, bleeding to death. He always takes What's the that? best post-fight show pictures. What was it here? What was it? Oh, it was a headbutt. Oh, okay. Excel head, but split him up. I mean, it's by it's by the ear, uh, like above the ear, so it's not really a bad spot, just a bleeder. But it was accidental head, what looks like. Like I said, the dude's a bleeder. He does that. You know, Patrick Cummings. I mean, he. Uh, I mean, going back to boxing, uh, Patrick Cummings is the kind of guy that I wanted to just see, just skip everybody, and just fight the champion because he's the. He's my Chuck Wepner for MMA. Awesome. Because he's the kind of guy that he will walk out with uh, needing like 200 stitches. He'll lose the fight, you know, 50 to, you know, he'll, he will lose the fight 50 to 30. He don't care. But he will be entertained by his fight because he just, I mean, he could be knocked out on his feet, but he's going to go forward. I mean, he's just a fun fighter. I, I, I'm so happy that he insulted DC on Twitter. <laughs> He was a barista. There's a lot of blood coming off of that that cut, though. His chest is covered. He's landing some good shots right now. He's 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 finding his mark on Volante right now. Good, good. He's getting his range. He's yeah, he's looking good. 
A lot of blood on the chest. That thing's it, it, bleeding. It looks bad because, I mean, if, um, we're, I mean I'm in at the uh, 15-second mark. Uh, it's gushing at the top, but then it's more just like a little, like a, a faucet dripping by the time it hits even like by the eyebrow. Like, But it's just a tiny little cut. The head's bleeding like that sometimes. I know mine does when I get, I shave my head bald all the time. I get a little tiny nick on there and it bleeds like a sieve. I was going to say the same thing. I mean, I used to shave my head bald all the time, and there was once or twice I'd cut my head. I was like, fuck, I go to the hospital. <laughs> like, like, I'm like putting cotton balls, Q-tips, you know, uh, Peroxide, nothing, nothing stopped in the blood. I'm like, what the fuck? So bandages and gauze. It looks like I had uh, went to war with Patrick Cummins almost. <laughs> yeah, then you got Valencia over there trying to punch at it. You know? right. And every time he hits it with those four ounce of gloves, it's going to stretch it even further and more blood's going to come out. But it's not a bad cut. I mean, it's not like it's a, a game-ending injury. The only bad thing for Cummins that's going to take away his, uh, oh, got his back. Took him down. It could affect his vision a little bit, you know, yeah, if sweat, sweat gets in there and, you know, moves it around, but. His left eye will be affected, but, I mean, Corman hopefully can take care of it. Yeah, that should be a problem. His right eye has got some swelling and a little bit of blood under the right eye, too. It looks like there's a minor cut underneath of that. Well, unless he's got the Yair's Cutman in his corner. Oh, fuck. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, no. Jeez. I still, I've gone back and I've watched that fight a couple of times just because, and I just don't know what that corner is doing. Like, that's like, they need to put that into the, uh, the manual of what not to do as a cutman. It's been a, I mean, it's been a good, a good first round. I, there's not really uh, a clear, decisive, he excelled or he excelled. I mean, I guess Volante got the better of the exchanges, but to be honest, Cummins has has had more octagon control. He's had more control. He's had pushed him against the cage more. You take away. I mean, if I'm if I'm judging it, if I have access to the fact that it was an accidental headbutt that split him open, I give this round ten nine to Cummins just because he got the takedown, takes back, and they've been pretty square on striking. But like I said, by the numbers, a slight advantage to Volante. He's got about six six more uh, significant strikes or. Uh, um, Total strikes, but a minute and a half control, uh, a takedown, you know, a clinch control, octagon control aggression. I give the I give the first round to Cummins just by all of that stuff. Slight striking advantage, but it wasn't anything that was significant. There was no knockdowns. There was nothing uh, that said to me that the striking that he did have gained him uh, that much more in the first round. The the striking was 30 total strikes for Volante, but only 13 significant. I don't like that ratio. I want to see it a little bit higher, whereas Patrick Cummins had 19 total strikes and 19 significant. What I like to see that energy expended where if you throw a strike, it's significantly uh, applied to your opponent. So, uh, I mean, if Cummings' corner can get that cut under control, I, I th- and, and Cummings can then utilize the early part of the second round, and try not to take too much damage to his uh, to the shot or to the to the area. I think he will. Uh, I, I think he'll uh, be able to take the second round comfortably, based off what I saw in the first round with him uh, bleeding and not being really able to use that left eye. Yeah. But we shall see what happens here. Coming up now. Yeah, I may have to get a. Uh, Love this cross promotion with uh, UFC 
promoting boxing and Showtime promoting MMA in a way. Isn't it great? I mean, it just benefits yeah. everybody. Yeah. Because it's not like boxing was at the height of where it has been. There's there's some stars in boxing still. Don't get it twisted. Everybody says boxing's dead, boxing's dead, boxing's dead. It's not dead. It's just not where it used to be. There's still stars in boxing, and boxing still sells. I mean, if anyone says boxing's dead, September 16th, Canelo Triple G, just, just watch that fight. And then when that fight's over, tell me boxing's dead. If boxing was dead, McGregor wouldn't be going after a boxing fight. He'd be going after an MMA fight. Well, I mean, if boxing was dead, there wouldn't be $200 million on the table for two guys for 36 minutes of action. It's not dead. People just, it's just not where it used to be. It's not, it's, you know, there's... It's like, it's like horse, race, horse, horse racing, the newspaper and boxing, you know, that that old school style of living and, and, and entertainment, everyone moves on to the internet and to MMA and to, you know, all these other things, and... It, it, the majority might watch one and not talk about the other, but that doesn't mean that they're not that the others aren't. I mean, reality TV's on TV, Ugh. but boxing's not. And let me just say, I mean, I love me some reality TV, but I also love me some boxing. But there are people that will choose one over the other, and that's where well, that's why boxing's in the state that it's in. Like, they, people, I mean, Connor's gonna grow up. Like my, my Connor's gonna grow up watching boxing and MMA nonstop. And he will know it to be a true sport. And speaking of, we're about a minute and a half for me into the second round, and it's been all boxing so far between Volante and Cummins. They've been trading uh, barbs back and forth, trying to find that opening. To me, Cummins has had the advantage again. He's been working the cage more, working the clinch more. He's been far yeah, more aggressive. Right, right now. Uh, total strikes. Um, Four times the amount of strikes landed for Cummins as opposed to Volante. Um, I uh, he's he's throwing kicks, leg kicks. Um, Cummins has really taken more Volante initiative. Volante is looking tired. He is. He's, he's constantly he's heavy breathing. His, yeah, he's swinging with his with his. He's punching with his hips and not with his ass. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah, exactly. He's breathing. His hands are down at his waist a little bit more instead of up. One, two, three shots from, oh. from Cummins. Bam, bam, bam. Nice shots. Cummings is, I mean, Cummings is landing. It's not necessarily the knockout punch, but it's the punch that's going to hurt him. Right? He is land, Cummings is landing another beautiful right now left. Two minutes and seven seconds left in the second round at this point. 29 total strikes for Cummins and 28 of them significant. I mean, everything he throws has, has been... Outstanding. He took a shot, but it was a kind of, uh, it was a it was a takedown shot in vain, really. This is kind of reminiscent of of the Hua and Volante, where Hua just started. Maybe Volante started getting tired, and Hua was just able to land a shot. This is this is shot. yeah. This, this is, is classic for Volante. Yeah, he's just getting there. He puts his hands down, and he can't get them up in time. I mean, right now Cummings is up thirty-one eleven. On, on total strikes. It's, I mean, this is this is Volante's thing. Is but he's good he's, for a first round, but after that he's garbage. Yeah. I mean, and this is Chris Weidman's boy too. You would you would think that training with Chris Weidman at that uh, Sarah Longo, at some point he would be able to make the jump, or they would he wouldn't be in that camp anymore. 
They would work more. They would know that. I mean, that's a smart camp. They would realize over the last few fights that Volante needs work on his cardio. No. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's it. Uh, According to UFC.com, at this point, 47 uh, total strikes to 16 uh, comes to Volante. It's just been picked apart the second round. There's absolutely nothing. Volante's, like, his. Volante right now, his biggest shot is taking a deep breath. Yeah, <laughs> if you look at and if you look at the fighters, I mean, Cummins look like he's taking the worst of it. He's bleeding from his face. He's bleeding from his head. You know, this is classic Cummins to me. He always he's always swollen up. He's always bleeding. He's always got a black eye. You know, he's, it's just I mean, the way he fights. Cummins, uh, you know, he he has blood running into his left eye. His <laughs> right eye is almost swollen shut. <laughs> And he's winning the damn fight. And he's still moving forward. He's still clinching. Yeah. It's outstanding. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, I mean, if I mean, if the first round was tight, Cummings definitely has a second round. It could be two nothing, or it's definitely one one at the worst. Yeah, I, I could argue two nothing for Cummings at this point, though. Uh, yeah, of that first round. I yeah, I have I, it as two nothing. Judges, you know, you see the blood and it's a loss. Sure. But if you watch the, uh, that round as a whole, Cummings' bleeding wasn't that bad. He still went, well, you said he went forward, he was landing his shots, he was engaging, he had the control. He may not have landed as many punches, but his punches were more more, uh, uh, more significant. Definitely. Uh, at the end of the round, numbers... Uh, Patrick Cummins, 21 seconds of control, 50 total strikes, 49 of them significant. Volante, no control, no knockdowns, no nothing, 17 total strikes. And 17 of those significant. So, big round for Patrick Cummins. That was definitely his round, no question about it. Um, first round, maybe, maybe. Third round's about to start, and Cummins, right eye, like, I... Right shut. Left and blood. And I'm about to say Cummings by TKO in this round. I mean, it's just... It, I, thought, I, I love this guy so much. I mean, he's I so tough, man. I, mean, I hope he never wins a title because I just want him to just kind of be that that guy that is there for 15 years, you know, and just does what he does and he, he entertains. But at the same time, I don't want to see Cummings becoming that guy in 30, 40 years' time that's in a wheelchair and doesn't know where he is. Yeah, exactly. But he, but he's that guy that you could see him become that. Like you know, you know what he almost is. He's almost like a, and I say this with, with the utmost respect. He's like a poor man's Nate Marquardt. Where Nate was, you know, a bulldog. Yeah, that, 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 exactly. That's what I mean, like in Nate's prime, Pat Cummings is like a poor man's Nate Marquardt. And and, and like I said, I mean that with the utmost respect. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of the new guys, uh, new fans, and there's nothing wrong with being a new fan. Everyone's got to start somewhere. Only know Nate for what he is now, not for what he was then. You know, if you knew Nate back when, you know, uh, 10 years ago, good God. Back when he was, like, you know, Strike Force and uh, Pancrase and. Uh, oh, my God. And, I, and he was, I mean, he, his, his, his uh, TKO of Tyrone Woodley in, in Strike Force. Oh, Jesus. I mean, I mean, and that was when, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to draw a blank here. I think that was after he was cut from USC. 
and then that's what when he went straight for his, he I think he was he knocked out Woodley and then went back to the UFC when they were absorbed into it. And that's where the fans now know Nate Marquardt. I think it's from that point on, like a lot of the, the current fans. They, they don't know the Nate Marquardt that fought Anderson Silva or that dominated Pancras and that, and, you know, back in the day. Volante actually landed some great shots this round. Uh, Cummins yeah. looking a little wobbled. The damage coming through. But he is not. Qu- he has no quit in this man, Cummins. Punch from Cummins there. This is uh, definitely the make or break round. I mean, if there was any doubt in the first round, I mean, you got to come out strong in the third round, right? This is it. This is the money round. And the right eye almost completely shut of Patrick Cummins. Stop by Cummins. The left I mean, eye, blood trickling down. Uh, how he has any visions beyond me, but the man is pushing the forward. biggest move in this fight right now is about 10, 15 seconds in when Volante, all he had to do was hit that cut. Oh, big elbow from man Cummins. All he, like, 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 Volante had to open up that cut, and he did. Yes. That was a, that, I mean, and that was the smartest move. Because Absolutely. Because pure visibility. And even though he Cummings might not be striking, maybe Cummings might be out striking him, but Volante is able to punch him without Cummings see it coming. Great elbow, great elbow work from Patrick Cummings. Great right hand from Cummings. Clinch work now. Cummings with the, some control. He's minute, got but... more control. Rock up that control. So where are you? Uh, how much time you have left in the fight? About a minute forty. Okay, so yeah, we have. But I'm at about a minute and five, and Cummings has about that really good cage control right now, laying some knees. I'm at the I'm at the clinch work right now, so we're about thirty seconds apart. Not bad. I mean, MMA wise, you know, thirty seconds in a fight—that's a big difference. <laughs> in a fight, thirty seconds is all the difference in the world, you know. But we're gonna make it work. Difference, right? like, <laughs> we may have to get a cable well, box down here just so we're, you know, <laughs> we're closer in time. Because with the with the thirty second delay for streaming, yeah, so uh, Big John just split them up. Thirty seconds left. Significant strikes. Cummings at one oh eight right now in this fight, and he's still. I mean, Cummings is still coming on strong right now. He's not quitting. Uh, There's no quit. Oh, and I, I mean, I. I God, I would hate to be judging this one because I got I got twenty nine twenty eight Cummings and I got twenty nine twenty eight uh, Volante. I mean, I don't. God, if I get if I give Volante the first round, I give Patrick Cummings the second too. But to be honest with you, I, I've I've by the I, I've got the numbers up. I'm watching the fight. I don't like any round significantly for Volante. He but did. the first round could be his. You know, um, I think Cummings won that fight. But based off MMA judging and based off New York MMA judging. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to say 29-28 for, uh, for Volante. The New York boy in New York. I mean. Yeah. But Cummings looking. Uh, whew. Once again, we said it on Thursday. Every time when the fight ends, Cummings looks it. 
Man, he looks like he went through another war. Look at this man. Eyes swollen shut, blood in the other one, barely open, nose swollen, eyes swollen, cheeks swollen. Good Lord, that man just went through another war. And Volante, I mean, the looks of it, Volante doesn't look like he went through much, but the dude got pieced up left and right. Yeah. That was a good fight. I mean. That was a fun one. So you're, you're what, two fights sitting out of your first fight night? What do you think? Fun stuff? Oh, well, I mean. Outstanding. Instead of talking to myself, I'm mm-hmm. just talking to an actual person. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I mean, Kara watches the fights with me, and I'll be saying some things, and she's like, what? Huh? Huh? She's watched, she'll watch the fights, and I'll be like, oh, what an elbow. And she goes, what? What, what elbow? Watching, watching it with me. How did you, <laughs> what? Like, but it was I, so I, fast, I, I, you know. I love the fact that I have a, a wife that wants to watch Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and Predator and will then turn it off to watch UFC. Don't Absolutely. get me wrong. Definitely. But some, watching, watching fights with her can sometimes be all hard because I'm like, hey, like, we'll be watching, like, uh, you know, a fight and make, uh, he's going to try and work a rear naked in two seconds, I think. What, what do you mean? How do you, how do you know that? How do you know he's going to get naked? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, come inside. Jesus. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, at some point, you have to give Patrick Cummings part of the year, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jesus, I mean, man. He, he, why is, I mean, Demetrius Johnson, I'm, I love him, but is he really part of the year when you see a fight like that and Cummings does that three times a year? <laughs> oh, uh, man, he's, he's missing a tooth. He's barely got an eye left. Good God. I don't know. They're reading a scorecard, and Blunt doesn't look too excited. Patrick Cummings gets the win. I oh, knew it. Wow, Volante is pissed. She's not happy. They went up. I, I didn't. I don't have the volume up, but no, I don't they, either. They, they read one scorecard, and Patrick Cummings or uh, uh, John Volante rubbed his head and said, "Oh shit!" He just read his lips. He knew he lost. I'm, I'm guessing there was a thirty twenty-seven in there, maybe a twenty-nine twenty-six. But I think he knew that that second round uh, really hurt him. Oh, that that Superman elbow! Yeah, it was a close split decision victory for Patrick Cummins. That was a fun fight. So here we got the Twitter poll: Chris Weidman, fifty-three forty-seven favorite by uh, by the Twitterverse. Not bad. Not, I mean, really, it's so close that it's like three percent difference. You know, that's yeah. that's a, a a gimme fight. You know, I mean, I I really feel like this fight. I I, I mean, I didn't go over. Uh, oh, it's this Luke Rockholder's David Branch. What? Branch already get a fight that high it's, of a fight. David Branch, Luke Rockhold, uh Saturday, September sixteenth. Oh shit! So they're putting. Luke Rockhold and David Branch and Uriah Hall and Christoph Joko on the same night as Triple G and and uh, and Canelo. That's brave. They, well, I mean, they got to stack that card, right? Because they, they if, know they're, they're not, I mean, they're giving a free card against uh, a, a pay-per-view boxing fight. Anthony Smith and Hector Lombard, Justin Ledet, Dimitri Sineski, Anthony Hamilton, Daniel Spitz. I mean... Jason Sago. I mean, I mean, they got Kamaru Usman. I think. I mean, they they need ratings on that night. Is that old show? Because that's coming off the heels of the McGregor Mayweather fight. 
What's the the? They don't have anything after that twenty sixth. Uh, they might have another fight after the twenty sixth. They have nothing before it, obviously. Yeah, like the twenty. So the twenty sixth, have the, the the McGregor fight. Yeah. September second, they have a fight. Yeah, they do. September second is a UFC card, and then it's the sixteenth. I'm gonna take a look at the schedule now just to see. What, it's probably. I mean, it might show a card booked, but obviously, it's probably not gonna show. <laughs> David Branch, after that terrible performance against Luke Rockhold, eh? Wow. I can't believe they're giving him... Um, oh, the September 2nd card is uh, Stefan Struve against Volkov. Oh, yes. It's in, the, it's in uh, the Netherlands, Rotterdam. What, um... When is the Mexico... Mexico City, is that then the 20, uh, 2019? Mexico City is August 5th. It's the... Oh, shit. Yeah, August 5th, and then there's nothing until McGregor. So the next fight that, or the last fight that we have before McGregor is uh, Sergio Pettis and Moreno. We got a couple nice weeks coming up. We got 214 next Saturday, and then... Oh, yeah. Speaking of 214, uh, just to to put it out there, um, I'll be doing uh, another fighter debate for MMA TakeOver. Our friend Keith, the runs MMA TakeOver. I did the last one. Uh, I took uh, Amanda Nunez over Shevchenko. I wrote for Amanda Nunez, but the fight got canceled, so it, it never went. So he gave me That's the op- a- he gave me awesome. the opportunity to uh, write for John Jones. So I'll be writing for John Jones. I'm not sure who I'm writing against, but he'll be writing for Cormier, and that'll be I'll be posting that this went this coming Wednesday. Read that at MMAtakeover.com at the Great Debate, and uh, we'll see who wins. I'm going to give a big spoiler for Thursday's uh, Average Joe show, but uh, I'm taking John Jones all day fucking long. (laughs) I have never, ever, and I hate a lot of fighters. Again, I respect all fighters. Mm -hmm. Of course. A guy like Josh Koscheck, I can't stand him. I hate him. I want to see him get beat. I respect what he does, and I envy the fact that he can do something like what he does. I'll pay money to see him get beat. But when he's happy, or when he loses, I'm happy. Yep. I want John Jones, I I honestly, I want to see John Jones knock out Daniel Cormier in the fifth round at the four minute and 58 second minute mark. After four minutes and 57 seconds of an ass whooping. Yes. I want to see... I want to see 24 minutes, almost, you know, I want to see almost 25 full minutes of Daniel Cormier getting his ass whipped from pillar to post. I want John Jones and 10, you know, we talked about the guy uh, standing over the guy after winning. I want Daniel Cormier to get knocked out cold. I want John Jones just to walk up to Daniel and grab the belt, put his foot on Daniel Cormier's chest, and raise his hands with that belt in tow. Like what the and Ultimate Warrior he- used to do. Yeah, and then Daniel Cormier can put his tail between his legs and run over to Bellator, and he can dominate over there. I, I am, like, I, I used to love Daniel Cormier, but what he's been pulling his last few fights, I've lost so much. Like, he could have just gone about his business and just done what he had to do, but I think he's hurt himself so much, and he's made himself so hated for no reason. Like, I, I, I can't. Stand him with that with John Jones. Do not say this is my belt. 
You did not beat the champion. You were gifted a title. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? And all the um, ridiculous focus on constant focus. I mean, if it's one thing just to bring it up for a point and then let it go, but you focus on the fucking fight, not the... Yes, he did cocaine. Congratulations. You think yeah. no one you think there's no other fighter in the UFC that has snorted cocaine? Do you think John Jones is the only one who who banged hookers or whatever the hell he did? I don't even know if he did that. He probably just made that up. But I mean, do you think that John Jones is the only UFC fighter to ever get in trouble? Of course not. He was just high profile. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's it. I mean, and when, when the UFC, when, when UFC has the, they, when you look at their greatest fighters, like a guy like George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva, Demetrius Johnson, you know, they, 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 and, and there are tons of others, don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about the guys who have defended the belt seven, eight, nine times, and they've been champion for, you know, six, seven, eight year, plus years. John Jones defended that belt eight times, seven times. And he was champion for four years. If John Jones had def- if John Jones did not get in that hit and run accident three years ago, you could he'd be champion for seven uh, for seven years, and you'd be looking at sixteen to title defenses. Wrap your head around that. So you could be looking at a guy defending his title close to like fifteen times. It looks like nine. One, two, three. Nine defenses? No, well, eight defenses, I guess, technically, because the one, that last one was an interim with OSP. Okay, so, so eight defenses, and he yep. won the belt in 2010. He was stripped in 2013? 14. Uh, 14, 14, 15, 14, something like that. 14, 15, whatever it was. Oh, okay. Okay, oh, yeah, because Cormier, Cormier but was But it was early, early, it was early so, 15. So from, so from early... Early 2010 to early 2014, so five years. Yeah. Five years, nine defenses. But look who he beat. Four, add, but, but add another four years onto that. You're looking at a guy who defeated not just all these legends, but then he defeated all the new up-and-comers. That's what would have happened if he didn't get into this trouble. John Jones is only 30. He's only 30 years old. He, I, I, he I, just I, had a birthday like... Three days ago, whatever it was. He just turned 30. When he beat Shogun Hua, I was 25 years old. I remember, I, remember, uh, I watched the fight. I went, on, I went on Facebook, and I was talking to my cousin uh, through Messenger. Was that the one with the, the standing guillotine? No, that was Machida. Machida, uh, yes, okay. Uh, Shogun was the TKO. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, I, remember, I was talking to my cousin, and I was watching the fight, and I had to... I remember... I'll, I swear, I remember posting this on Facebook. I remember John Jones, I'm like, John Jones is 21 years old. Yeah. <laughs> UFC champion. Yeah. And earlier today, he saved a woman from yes. being, a woman from, from being robbed. Yeah, the purse snatching. I'm 25 years old, and I've never felt more ashamed of my life. I will never forget that because yeah. it's so late. I've got 25 years. I'm married. Got a, I'm running two restaurants. I'm feeling great. I look at John Jones and I'm like, what am I doing wrong with my life? What the? F- I was with Rich Cerritos. 2011, <laughs> it was March 19, 2011. Uh, my birthday is March 24th. I was with my brother-in-law, Rich Cerritos. I was in Midland, Michigan, and we were getting that pay-per-view basically for my birthday. 
spending it with my family out there before I came home and spent it with my family here. And um, and he told me we were getting ready to watch, and he told me a story. He said, "You got to you got to hear this." He said, "John Jones just uh, took down a purse snatcher from whatever wherever they were doing the fight at. I forget where it was." So he took down. He was he was jogging through one of the parks or whatever just to try to get a sweat up and you know get you know he was nervous. That's right. Yeah, yeah he was nervous because you know he's twenty one years old. He's getting a title fight, so he wanted to kind of burn off some of that that nervousness. And he's seen it going down. He he chased down, grabbed the attacker, held him down in a rear naked choke or whatever. However, they said it was some kind of jujitsu move. I think is how they said it. Until yeah, the, this. This black man yes. used, used a jujitsu. They probably spelt it like J E W. J E Jew Jitsu. Jew Jitsu. A Jewish Jitsu move. So I don't know what the Jews do, but it's called Jitsu. And he knows this Israeli martial art. <laughs> and and I'm looking at this. I'm like, this is this uh, because. I had watched with uh, I'd been with Rich Cerritos almost all of the fights for John Jones because the first time we watched him we were like this man is special. It was the Stephen Bonner fight. Uh, him and I watched with uh, I think it was a St. Pierre card ninety four was it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Before that we did before uh, that was the Super Bowl card in two thousand nine. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't I seen the goose uh, the Guzmao fight whatever it was Andre Guzmao later but Stephen Bonner was the yep. first one I saw it, and and Rich and I were like this is the man and this is going to be look at his gifts look at his wingspan look at his legs i mean look at uh, oh by the way elkins uh the elkins fight is on just so we don't but anyway that was the the you know when when bones did that uh you know there's not all bad about bones he saved a woman he, he rescued her yeah, he took the purse snatcher down, wait for the cops to come. So Daniel Cormier, he's not just that. There's good parts about the band, too. Why don't you focus on that for a change? You know what I mean? Okay. How, how about this, though? I mean, how many losses does Daniel Cormier have in his career? Let's take a look. He has one. John Jones. To John Jones. A Got single loss. Whooped, right? right? Got his ass whooped, right? That's his one loss, right? 19 and 1. How many losses did John Jones have? Twenty-two and one. 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 Okay, up and up and down one? elbows is what he lost too. John Jones' only loss was to an uh, 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 an asinine rule. He so didn't lose. Yeah. For Daniel Cormier to come out and say anything with John Jones, realize that John Jones is theoretically and in every every fan's view, absolutely an champion. He lost He's up and down elbows. That's all he lost to a stupid rule. He's the only fighter that I I don't care. You can say he lost to Matt Hamill. I've seen illegal blows result in no contest. That one should have been no contest too. If, if at worst, no contest. There shouldn't have been anything. Let's let, let's let's go back to the to the Poirier Alvarez. It was a knee. He couldn't continue. No contest. It was an illegal move. He couldn't continue. Yeah. Okay, well, how come one move results in a no contest and one move results in a loss? Yeah, it didn't make any sense. John Jones, John Jones is an undefeated fighter. As far as I'm care. concerned as well. Like, like you can, Daniel Cormier has a loss on his record because he got his ass whooped. Not like, because I mean, of a bullshit rule. He just John got his ass handed to him. Lost because the rule book came in and slapped him in the face for no reason whatsoever. Hey, I hate John Jones. I, I, I admire the fuck out of him. I hate him because he's so good. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 
should I should preface this. I love John Jones. Yeah. But I hate John Jones because he's so. If we were like, I hate Anderson Silva because no one could beat him. Oh, nice oh, left hand like, by Bermudez. Yeah, but, uh, Elkins with the back right now and some good. Uh, yeah. Some good First round of Bermudez and Elkins. Uh, they're just really, uh, from from I, my perspective, feeling each other out. I think this fight's gonna. I mean, for everything that the opening fight was, and even the Cummings fight was, I think this fight. I don't think it's going to be able to live up to what we just saw in the, in the first two. Uh, no, nope. I'm with him. We're going to need some kind of spectacular finish to see this. They're two very fun, fun, fun fighters. Bermudez went for it and, and uh, a high kick, slipped. Elkins took great advantage, took the back, and he's holding control and throwing strikes into Bermudez. Uh, smart, very smart for him to take advantage of that. Oh, wow. Elkins with a nice head kick uh, blocked though by, uh, by Bermudez. Bermudez is a look, tough competitor, but I think I, I think still, Elkins look, is going to grind him. I still remember that uh, UFC 189, Dennis Bermudez and um, Jeremy Stevens fight. And Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. Oh, you, <laughs> do, you do you remember that fight when Jeremy Stevens... <laughs> Jerry Stevens landed that flying knee on Dennis Bermudez in yeah. the third round. They were, even, they were both like, fucking what a fight that was. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, here, how about, I'll, I'll, gonna, I'll just throw this one out here. UFC uh, 189, when it goes to the main card of a pay-per-view, best card of all time. Almeida and Ian McCall with a flying knee finish. Gunnar Nelson with the submission. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, Jerry Stevens flying knee knockout. Yep. Rocky Lawler and Rory McDonald oh, too. Probably the greatest, one of the top five of all time fights. And Chad Mendez. How about that for your main top? And then that's your international fight card two years ago. Yeah. Now, but we had, then we, we saw it this year. Like, take a look at from 189 to, to, two, uh, to 213, how, how the difference that we made in international fight week. Elkins one of five for takedowns, and he's working the back pretty pretty hard now. He's had two oh just over two minutes of control. Strikes look pretty even, but uh, they control all Elkins. No, body working the body triangle really hard. Bermudez with a beautiful takedown, big slam takedown. Bermudez back up now. And, I oh, loved yeah. 189 because I'm a guy that loves a finish in a fight. I mean, you can have a great fight that goes the distance. You really can. But I love a finish because I hate having it go to the judges. I just hate it. But, like, my thing is, like, you look at the last fight. Oh, big choke out. Oh, no. Oh, he misses out. Uh, you look at the last fight. That fight goes to decision. I want to see the right guy win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when you have a fight like Ross Pearson and Diego Sanchez... And Dio Sanchez gets his ha- ass beat for 15 minutes. Yeah. He gets his hand raised. I can't stand that. It, that I there are sometimes where a decision, I'm all for it. Like, sure. I mean, earlier today I was watching. Uh, I, I I did a little bit of back to back. I did Ultimate Fighter one finale, followed by UFC 52. So I watched that Griffin Bonner fight. Uh-huh. I mean, and everyone knows that fight at this point. 
I have no problem with that decision because it was it was a great fight, and Forrest Griffin won. And you can make the argument one way or the other. You can convince me that Forrest Griffin won. You can convince me that Stephen Bonner won. But then there are times where I see a guy get his hand raised, and you cannot. You can. You can give me everything you want to give me, and I will not ever tell you that you were right. That's why I love a finish. Because in a finish, fuck the judges. They have no control over your destiny. Exactly, exactly. Too many times, too many times, and if it happens once, it's too many times. Too many times, the wrong fighter is given the victory because the judges really screwed it up they don't see the numbers they don't see this they don't see that and it's like what the hell you know they're a biased judge i mean whatever it is one of the biggest uh you know for for guy like gsp second round starting here and bermuda's is starting up really fast good Uh, good strong start uh gsp uh always won by decision and there was never a question about it no 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 so you've got to the um, Johnny Hendricks fight. And then all of a sudden, it's you're seeing just Wait a minute, yeah. You're, you're seeing GSP not winning. It, it went to decision, but it wasn't a GSP-style decision. And so all of a sudden, there was all the controversy. But, I mean, I personally think that that fight was a draw. But because you're so used to GSP grinding it out, people automatically thought that he lost because he couldn't control Hendricks the way that he had controlled Shields or Penn or Fitch. And that, I mean, it ultimately hurts the fighter and his legacy. That's the problem. That's that's another one of the problems. I mean, uh, Bermudez Elkins, what, what did you have for the first round? I had uh, I, I had uh, Elkins taking it. He got he had the, the takedown of Slam. Yeah, uh, he had uh, better control, lent some better shots, standing up. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, I'm he, with he you. Just, just look. I mean, nice right hand by Elkins. It, it it it's like Jeff had said on Thursday, Bermudez coming off that knockout back in uh, in January. How is he going to come back? I think it's a little early to give him a fighter like Darren. Darren Elkins might be the 13th or 12th ranked fighter, mm-hmm. and. And Bermuda's can be the tenth ranked fighter. Doesn't really make much of a difference. You're coming no. Out big knock. So anyone big knee from Elkins is bad. Yeah, you know, and by the and, and by the numbers, you're you're absolutely correct. The striking was really was really close, but two takedowns, one submission attempt, almost two and a half minutes of control in Elkins' favor, which big, leads big to me. There. Which leads to me, Elkins, ten uh, nine, Elkins round one. They're trading off pretty good, but the the striking advantage in the second round so far has been all Bermudez. Yeah, and Bermudez just landed a big takedown, but he's not doing. He's he's got control, but he's not really landing much. I mean, and that's the difference. That's another big thing with uh, with judging. Like, you see, Elkins got the takedown in the first, and he landed a lot of shots. Yeah, he he capitalized on it. Bermudez just landed a, a beautiful takedown, and all he was able to do was hold control. And the yeah. only shot he landed was when they were starting to stand up, and it really wasn't as crisp, and it didn't do any damage. Yeah, so, there was about 30, 35 seconds of control with absolutely and, nothing. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's the other thing that really hurts uh, really going, you know, judging. 
is when you see guys like on the on the back or the guys guys on their back. Sorry. Um, you know, a guy gets taken down and he's the jujitsu black belt. He's defending everything and anything, but he's on his back, so he gets screwed out of it because he was in a bad position. Is he's on his back? When it in his world, being on his back is like the golden egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's where exactly where he wants to be. If you look at someone like, uh, I think it's Ryan Hall is his name. What does he do? Yeah. I mean, yeah, every time he engages, he drops down. And he wants to be on his back. Bermudez now, Bermudez, uh, has Bermudez down, man, some good body shots. With two takedowns and a minute and a half for control, Bermudez is probably, if he can ride out this this round... Oh, oh, another really close hands-down knee here in this one. Uh, you'll probably see in about 10, 15 seconds, but uh, Elkins, another close knee. I see the hands going down. Elkins and Elkins, yeah, another takedown for Elkins here. There's the knee, but completely legal. His hands were up. But you, uh, you know, it's so, so funny. Like, you but it was quick. Me, you tell me three years that you, Christ, you tell me a year ago today that I would be watching a guy's hands uh, on a regular basis in a fight. If he was in a down position, I'd say, why? But here, oh, Elkins. Elkins, great, great recovery in the second round. I think, you know what, I'm going to, I, I got to get a second round Elkins. I think Bermudez, I think, had more control time, but I think Elkins... Elkins had a knockdown, he had a takedown, he had better con- um, better strikes on the ground. I, I got 2 nothing for Elkins. And most importantly, he finished the round stronger. Yeah. And that's really important in the judges' eyes, is finishing strong. So, um... But uh, going, going back to uh, what I said there before I, before I cut myself off... <laughs> uh, you know, you told me a year ago today that I'd be so concerned about watching a guy's hand. Like, the second I see a guy in a in a compromised position, I'm instantly nowadays watching his hands. Yeah. To see what like, can can a guy throw a knee here or can he not? Sure. And I find myself like, and from a fan standpoint, I like it because it gives me more more to to watch, more to get into. Um. But I, it's just so funny that, like, these, this rule change, for all the controversy that it may have caused, I, I feel like my viewing and my ju- my personal judging of rounds have, has changed drastically. Well, I got, I think I have 2-0 two, uh, two for Elkins. I really do. Uh, that second round, he finished pretty strong. But there could be, I would accept an argument for the second round of Bermuda's Maybe yeah, the, the, first, the first about three minutes were very, uh, very Bermuda strong. To me, it's he didn't do enough with that takedown, whereas Elkins did things with his takedown. Right, and I'm with you. And, and like and like you said, um, Elkins finished strong uh, after uh, being dominated slightly uh, uh, start the round. So worst case scenario, I would say one one. Probably more likely 2 nothing Elkins, at least in my view right now for this one. If we call it 1-1 just, to, just for, for fuck's sake, uh, 
let this be the deciding round, and we'll see who wins the fight. Maybe. Um, I'm gonna make a a very terrible joke, and it's one that we kind of touched on uh, the other day. But judging by what I'm seeing at this exact moment, uh, Darren Elkins has uh, lost uh, via terrible uh, tattoo. <laughs> and good night. I, I I'm sorry. Damage. Awesome. <laughs> the damage. Oh. Put it, put it on like on your shoulder blade. <laughs> Do not put it right on your chest because what? Like, want, you might as well just put that right, right, right underneath your eye because someone just be like, "Oh, target! That's where you want the damage." Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right here. So that's a bullseye then, right? You want? Oh, you want the old Bruce Lee heart punch? Done. One inch punch. Bang. Bruce Lee's got a new, they got a new movie coming out with Bruce Lee. Did you see that? No, I haven't. With the uh, it's it's the WWE what? Studios is actually producing it. It's uh, the the I lead up. Heard of it? Huh? I think I've heard of it. I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah. I I definitely have heard of it. I guess that sounds very familiar when you said WWE Studios. Yeah, it's that that old. Um, because it was never recorded, it was never nothing. It was only seen by whatever. It was that Bruce Lee, uh, one Jack, Wong Jack Man, uh, fight where they ended up where Wong Jack Man left the temple and came over because Bruce Lee was training white people, and it was that that big fiasco. Okay. Yeah, that sounds familiar now. Yeah. yeah. So the the people that were that actually seen it and then it was the legend was passed down or whatever. Um, they're they're trying to relive it obviously as best as possible but uh yeah it's supposed to be the, the best you know an amazing bruce lee movie but on top of that the best wwe film ever created so and probably the only wwe film that i'm actually looking forward to watching you know what uh uh the name just uh see no evil with kane oh that was good that movie I can still throw on and be like, yeah, so entertained by. You I mean everyone's like, oh, WWE, like, oh, the Marine Fifteen, and all <laughs> like, and, 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 and whatever. Like, the Condemned with Stone Cold, and and See No Evil with Kane. I mean, I I know I'm going back, you know, 10, 10 12 years. Mm-hmm. Those movies still, I, I mean, when the, when WWE wants to actually throw their money at a, at a good thing, they give it a good product. Like, Kane, Kane and Cena Weevil, theoretically, I mean, that could have been, like, three, four movie, uh, little, uh, you know, uh, three trilogy, uh, trilogy, four movies if they wanted to. Like, they could have done a lot with that storyline. It was really entertaining. That was, that was crazy. I didn't, uh, I didn't even remember that. I remember, I mean, I, I'm sure you remember, too, when Kane used to walk out, and he had the hook on the chain when he was promoting the movie, he had a towel over his head. Yes. Dragging that chain. Yeah, and they used to say they used to say May fifteenth to make him go crazy. Yeah, well, I think that was like WrestleMania twenty two or twenty three was like one of his gimmicks. He walked out with the chain, dragging it down the uh, down the aisle at WrestleMania. He was good, man. He was good in that movie. He was, and that was even fucking there. Oh man! Oh man! So, I, been, like I said to you, I've been, I was, uh, something else, Kara and the kids are down in Windsor, so I, 
home from work, did a little bit of cleaning up, made a oh fuck, made such a delicious dinner. I seen I that. I seen that, yeah, and you know what? I wanted. To sh- I remembered. I wanted to share a story with you. Uh, when once let's we end up this fight, and and I'll yeah. share that story with you. It looks. Vision point here. It I'll, looks. I'll, I'll just quickly finish, and then you you uh, you can uh, do your thing. But uh, yeah, so I was fucking sitting around like I'm gonna watch. So I just I went on on on, uh, on YouTube, and uh, I was like, you know what? I want a, 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 a Four Horsemen theme song. I want to hear the Four Horsemen theme song? Okay. And, uh, you know, someone popped up, like, WWE themes, and I hit play. I fucking just cranked, I mean, my, my, so my, t- my TV's on, cranked to 100, flaring wrestling themes, I'm in the <laughs> room, and I went downstairs, like, so I had to, like, exit the building to do the laundry. Okay. And I walked in, I walked back into the building, and I could hear my TV, I'm like, oh, shit, like, <laughs> like oh, fuck, people are getting... People hear the aura for Kane's theme song with the Undertaker's dong. I'm like, Boom. oh, shit. Like, like oh, man. Kane's clearly gone because Ryan's listening to wrestling music again. <laughs> they hear the, the Undertaker's ominous bong. Fuck. Yeah, Cemetery oh, shit. I tell you, Kane and the Undertaker. Kane's bong. Yeah. That thing, and Kane, that. Yeah, that's great. That first, like the original came was like, bam, bam, like that. Yeah, yeah. Hit, and that glowing red light, like, it, like it was fucking so. Like between Kane, Stone Cold, and Undertaker, those three songs had the greatest in like opening two seconds. Yeah, yeah. In wrestling music history, hands down. So I seen, I seen that uh, you posted a picture, lamb shanks, cremini mushrooms, all kinds of good stuff. I was like, it, it brought me back to I had a date a while back. Uh, I took this girl to, we have a local pub here, it's supposed to be an Irish pub, right, it's called Hennessy's, and they okay. they said they, they pride themselves on, you know, the Irish this and that, and uh, they have Irish hard ciders and, and Irish cooking, I said, great, let's go here, honey, and we went there, and I ordered uh, shepherd's pie, because when you're in an Irish pub, you know, you order a shepherd's pie, first thing, just to see what they got, it came out, Made with ground beef. Ah, I no. was so pissed. You gotta start off with, with with stewing lamb. That's like your first bam. When, when you make shepherd's pie. That your first purchase is stewing lamb, and then you can go with your root veg and yeah. your whatever kind of shell you want. But it is lamb, and it is not ground. There's a reason it's called shepherd. Shepherds lead lamb. Shepherds don't lead cows. If you want to have cow, it's called cottage pie. It's not called shepherd's pie. I had to have an argument with the, the not necessarily uh, an argument, but, you know. Split decision to win for Elkins. And good. I mean, we've had some split. This is kind of uncommon to have this many split decisions in a single night. I mean, you don't see that very often. They've been entertaining fights, though. I mean, that's that's a sign of the uh, the, the judges are actually these judges are getting it right. Yeah, and the fight is entertaining. So I thought, okay. you know, I thought I'd share that with you. Oh no, I, I love. Um, I was uh, I was at a restaurant, not overly happy at the time. I ended up staying there and opening up two more restaurants with the guy. But I was looking at this Irish pub was just opening, and they were pride themselves on, you know, nothing but like. State of the uh, state of the art cooking equipment, the best front of the house staff, uh, top wines, the best 
beer and ales from 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 Ireland and all, and England and that kind of stuff. And uh, I talked to the guy and I, he was kind of interested in my resume and we we're going over some stuff and he's like, "Okay, so here's what I want to do." And he shows me his menu and basically what you said. I mean, he goes, "Shepherd's pie, he goes, ground beef, peas, carrots, potatoes." No. And I, said, I quit. Oh. I looked. I looked at him like. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I look down. Hamburger. Add bacon. Add cheese. Oh, okay. This is Irish. Chicken fingers, and, chicken fingers and fries. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'm gonna go talk to my boss. Uh, I'm really interested, but I just want to see if I can, you know, figure something out and I can help you out and help him at the same time. Never talk to you again. That's not Are an Irish pub. I mean, quote unquote, five star Irish pub. I mean, yeah, with chicken to, fingers, an, an Irish themed restaurant, and you got a hamburger and a chicken fingers. Get out uh, of here! You know what? I'm out. Left nut, and I got left nut, and I got a right nut. Which one do you want to suck on? Yeah, I'm interested unless you're gonna do something for me. Like, yeah, I'm out. I mean, how about so? Uh, uh, Listeners in Windsor will know this. Kildare House. I'm from Kildare. That's where my family is from. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, there's a house in Old Walkerville. It was uh, literally it was a house that was turned into a bar. Beautiful. You're talking people would come over from Ireland to play music there on awesome. Fridays and Saturday night. Amazing place. You could go upstairs and you could watch the Celtic game, the United game, the Liverpool game. On Sunday mornings, they had like they had actual traveling supporters from the states and from Europe congregate and watch matches there. It was awesome. Place was going under. This Italian guy bought it. He decided to rename it. He was uh, his last name was Maggio, and he want so he wanted to keep the name, and he, but he wanted his name to sound Irish. Oh, Maggio's killed their house. I threw up a little bit in my mouth when I first heard that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good God. I mean, I did, they did the meanest curry fries in the world. And if you don't know what curry fries are, you take curry, you make it more of a you, you make it more of a gravy consistency, and you pour it over some real nice steak cut fries. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the fucking thing that you, when you smell it, you get hard, and when you taste it, you come. <clears throat> Oh. Like, like oh. it, it's a thing of genius. Uh, yes. I, so I walk into this pub with Kara. Giant British flag is printed on the on the ceiling. I go, okay, well that's not Irish. I sit at the bar. Italian, he's Italian stuff. Italian flags behind the bar. I go, okay, well that's definitely not Irish. Okay, guys, our special thing is Corona. <laughs> that's kind of not Irish. And the guy beside me, and I, I wish, I wish in my heart I was making this up. This guy is drinking a Corona, and it had a little fucking plastic sombrero with a Mexican flag on the top of it. I got up and walked out. I said, out. I can't. I said, I want to racism, first of all, because I, family, my family emigrated from Ireland, from Kildare, and this is how we're being, we're, how about I open up an Italian restaurant? And we do nothing but quesadillas. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Jesus, 
shit, man. Like, just, oh, God, pissed me off. Hey, when you said that Shepherd's Pie story, like, you, just, you yeah, opened up a can of worms of all my anger of <laughs> fucking culinary I couldn't disaster. believe it, you know. And, and the young lady I was with, beautiful girl, but she didn't know the difference because, I mean, she just thought, it was a shepherd's pie. She's she wasn't a, a cook or anything. She just didn't know the difference. It was like, oh, it's really good. I'm like, yeah, it is really good, but it's not. It's a cottage pie. It's not a shepherd's pie. It should just be labeled properly, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. There's no, there's nothing wrong with doing beef in a pie. No, no, cottage pie is good. I really sure. like it. You know. Make sure they say what it is. Exactly. So, I mean, while we're waiting for the, the main event, Chris Wyman and Kelvin Gastelum's up. Uh, Brian Standish did a little uh, interview uh, via satellite or whatever you want to call it. That's how we used to call it in WWE. They're in via satellite. But they just did a little feed uh, video with, with... Yeah, satellite. Yeah, that's how they used to call it in WWE. <laughs> Coming in via satellite when technically they were only sitting in the next room. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> they had John Jones and Daniel Cormier up and... Because we don't want to get sued or kicked off or anything, we keep the volume down. So I'm not sure exactly what they said, but I'm sure at any point in time, UFC.com is going to put that up on Facebook's, uh, uh, Facebook or Twitter. At any point in social media, you'll be able to see that. They're pretty good about putting the interviews up really quick. So um, I'm not sure what they said. I'm sure they were trading barbs back and forth. I'm sure Daniel Cormier focused on everything except for the fight and tried to say that John was just a, a criminal and a drug addict, and John was just yeah, like, yeah, I'm sick of hearing your shit. Yeah, you know, John Jones would be like, John Jones, you know what he's going to do? He's going to let his actions do all the speaking next Saturday night. Yeah. John shaved his head again. He came out, you know, the last time I seen John, he had a little, uh, uh, the mohawk fro going kind of uh, deal. It looked uh, uh, really awesome, but I just seen a picture of him uh, doing that interview there, and he completely shaved his head again. Obviously, it's getting close to fight night. He doesn't want to have the hair there. So uh, yep. he looked, it, shaved it off, made him look even younger to me. I think how he about, looked. Uh, how about, uh, did you see uh, John Jones' tailgate the other day? I did. That was amazing. That was fucking awesome. Oh, <laughs> I am so happy he did that. I mean, like, what better way to throw and, and if you look at him, He's not even weighing down the table or on the towel as much as he's lifting it up. <laughs> so as a show that he's actually trying to put more weight down than taking it off. That's the thing. Cormier, yeah. is the, Cormier acts like he's this innocent, you know, by the rules kind of guy. The dude just screwed everybody, you know, towelgate for Christ's sake. You're telling me that was legal? You're telling me that wasn't shady? And, and you know, the one thing that, that John did, he didn't poke fun i mean he poked fun and that's all he did he took a picture of it smiling and he let it go you know he he doesn't harp on it every week he doesn't make a point to make his entire thing about it like like, look at daniel cormier i I mean he's the kind of guy that when he does his insults it's john jones he you know he fucks hookers he hits pregnant ladies he does drugs it's all he repeats the same exactly and what does john john jones Every three, four days, he goes on Twitter and puts out one tweet. July 29th, I'm, I'm coming. Kick your ass. I'm coming, motherfucker. That's, that's it. You hear nut because that's when then, you know, next the following week, I'm going to make you wish you never got an anime. You know, he, yep. he just puts out a simple sentence. That's it. He doesn't. I'm coming. He doesn't insult, he doesn't insult him because he doesn't have to because he knows that he's going to insult him by showing him how much better he is. We got some replays up here of Weidman's previous fights, and 
and Gastelum's previous fights, they're going over the you know the keys to victory for each fighter. So they're just gonna buy their time a little bit. We're five minutes to to ten, so I think they're gonna they're gonna kick it off around ten o'clock. So just and uh, I don't know I don't know for you, but uh, I can't remember the last time I've actually wanted a guy to win more. Like I like I wanted Bisping to beat Silva, but if Bisping lost, it wasn't a big deal. Right. No, like I, I wanted. Uh, you know, I can't. I can't think of it really. I can't think of a time when I really, truly wanted a guy to win. But if they lost, oh well. But Chris Weidman, I want him to win because I really believe, and I said this the other day. I think he's. I think he's still champion. If he doesn't throw that he, that spinning heel kick. Is is his last three losses? Um, one of them was to me. One was a was a real. He just he got his ass beat. But two of them were were kind of by circumstance. Um, you know the 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 spin kick, like you said, was just a bad circumstance, a, a screw up, or just a mistake. You know the UL. He was winning that fight. Yeah, yeah, of course. If you go back and watch '94, he was up two rounds to nothing on on Rockhold before he threw that that kick. The then, I, I watched the. The Romero one, and where he screwed up is he did the same shot three times in a row, and and Romero judged it three times in a row, and as soon as it came down, he came up. And, I mean, and, you know, and here's the the um, I'm stuttering all of a sudden. Here, the the saddest thing for Chris Weidman when he won the belt, and when he first defended the belt, he was forever judged because. Anderson Silva was playing dumb, and then Anderson Silva's leg fell off. And then he fought a very old uh, Leota Machida, and then he had to fight a clean Vitor, uh, a clean and old Vitor. So if people put the, all these asterisks all over his title reign. And it's almost like they're happy that he's losing now because they want to justify yeah. what they thought. They, they're not looking at the fact that he was like 12 or 13 and 0. Before he was champion, right? They they want to say, oh, he should never have been champion, and then when he's losing, like, well, you see, he he won the title by a fluke, and he only fought old Brazilians. Like, it, 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 I, I'm not a Chris Weidman fan, but I want him to succeed just to shut all these people up, and I love Kevin Gals, uh, Kelvin Gastelum, but it's only like just a tough position for me as a fan to pick a winner. But, I mean, I think Chris Weidman's getting such a short end of the stick. When it came to the, the very first win over Anderson Silva, how many guys did Anderson Silva beat using that same head movement? How many guys did he flatten using that same style of dodge, 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 and counterpunch? Well, uh, I mean, you can even take that, I, uh, like, what, like what you said, Dave. Take that sentence and inject it with some steroids, right? Mm-hmm. He put him. He went his back against the cage, put his hands by his waist, put his chin up, and looked at Stephen Bonner and said, "Hit me," and dodged each and every one of them, and then turned around and need. But I mean, I, I to this day I've never seen a fighter 
purposely put his back against the cage and dropped his hands and put his chin up. When I, when I was watching that live, I was like, what the... Like, I, I, I thought he was going to wimble, and he's done like, what the fuck what is the he the hell? Doing? That's not smart. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, but he always made it... I mean, it was it definitely was for, for Silva a matter of time. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I can understand when people say that Anderson Silva was caught by a lucky punch. But if you watch the first round in that fight, he tried to defend the takedown, and it didn't work. He was in a dangerous submission attempt. He was given some ground and pound. Yeah. And in the second round, Wyman was doing pretty decent. And then once Silva got comfortable, he didn't think that Wyman... He was trying to get into Wyman's head, not realizing that Wyman had this... Wyman felt momentum, and Silva thought, oh, I'm in his head, and ended up biting him in the ass. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen Silva do that... Same game plan and beat legends for a decade straight. Weidman was yeah. better. Weidman was better. That's all. And he earned a lot. And you know what? I haven't I haven't been in the position so long for a long time where I had thought I need this man to win this fight so bad. I just I need Weidman to win because I don't want to I don't want to lose him. I don't want to lose him from the UFC. I and he, he, you know. I know that uh, actually I don't know if me and you have talked about it. I know me and Jeff have talked about it, but I love Kevin James. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, and absolutely. I, and, and yeah, I, I mean, when it comes to like that that stupid guilty or that stupid comedy guilty pleasure, mm-hmm. Kevin James movies and TV uh, King of Queens and now Kevin Can Wait, I love them. I don't mm-hmm. care. I love. Chris Weidman has been on Kevin Can Wait, and I fe- I think he was on he was on an episode of Kevin Can Wait, and like, a, a week after the episode aired was the Yoel and Rao fight. And a week after his second appearance aired, he was knocked out, or couldn't continue against, uh, uh, not, oh, I want to say Masvidal, wrote a blank here, uh, Musasi. Gegard, yes. So, so, I'm almost wondering, is, is getting into acting more affecting how he's performing as a fighter? I mean, if yeah. he, like, if he there's a point there. Fight, there's a point there. If he, if he wants to get into fighting, I mean, he's not the greatest actor, but the roles that he plays on Kevin Can Wait, he's fine. Mm-hmm. He, play, he plays uh, he plays a cop on the show. One episode, he's uh, Adam Sandler's uh, new sidekick, replacing Kevin James. <laughs> and, and, and then another episode, he's just a, he's uh, just on patrol and he kept, catches uh, Kevin doing some other crap. And, but it's just he's fighting at such a high level, and at the same time, he's on a major station's Monday night primetime program. So, I mean, is he really putting in all that effort? I mean, if, even if you film, if, if your scene is seven minutes, or if, if your time on a show is seven minutes, you're still on set for like a week and a half. Anytime so there's outside like, stuff like that, man, it always takes away from the fight game. Always. So, like, so is he delaying his training extra? Is he postponing starting, stopping earlier to do it? I mean, because you know, there's always family, there's always circumstances, mm-hmm. but now he's adding in an extra element. I mean, you think about a uh, you know 
Kevin Gas Kelvin Gaslam probably had family stuff come up in the past three weeks. But was he acting or considering that at the same time? Probably not. Was Chris Weidman? Probably. So Weidman's coming out now. I don't know where you're at, but I got Weidman coming out now. Uh, Weidman is uh, just in the uh, in the Harley Davidson circle. Uh, in the he's in the ready. gorilla position. And he's uh, praying and not from the necklace. Anyway. God, I've never... I cannot remember the time I've wanted a fighter to win more. You know what I can't wait for, Dave? Mm-hmm. The Reebok deal to end. Ah. Uh. I hope, I hope they don't resign it when it when it does finish. You know, their idea, the direct deal, was perfect. I like the idea of a uniform because it kind of brings some legitimacy to the sport. But they went about it the wrong way. They should have had Reebok design while allowing sponsors and um, not including shirts and that for walking out. Like, just just do the trunks are are done by Reebok. But the fire can still do other sponsors mm-hmm. and, and have their own shirts. Yeah, I still kind of miss the days of of plastering sponsors on because it gave them such originality. And everyone was different. Nobody was the same. I sort of miss that. Um, you know, seeing the Venom fighters, seeing the Bad Boy fighters, right. seeing the Tap Out fight. You know, seeing the 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 Monster fighters, seeing whoever had. Uh, you know, whatever specific brand, you know, I liked seeing Kimbo and come out to dude wipes and, right, you know, right, right. I just got, I really dug that because, uh, it really just gave an individuality to everybody and everybody wasn't the same. I sort of, I really liked that uniforms, but the uniform look does give it legitimacy. Because I mean, if, but at the same time, like if you think about the NFL, uh, major league baseball, NBA, NFL, NCAA, NBA. That's perfect. You have guys that go out there and they and you see the Nike uniforms. That's cool. But they can wear Under Armour shoes, mm-hmm. or Reebok shoes. Yeah. They don't have the, the uniforms are done, but they can also sign contracts and get paid to represent that. Also. Yes. Hockey. CCM skates, Adidas skates. Yep. Football. So football's kind of tough because everything usually is done through all the one. So it has to be like commercials and that kind of stuff. But like, MMA is, I mean, you're going to see it in, the, in, the, in probably like a minute. My biggest thing that I miss is when they would say, and now, and then they pan over, this fighter fighting out of the blue corner, and the tarp would drop. And right. You and you that banner, and they. It, could, it, it it's so stupid. It's a, it, it, what is the banner? The banner doesn't say "I love you, mom." The banner says just random companies. Yep. But there was something about that guy is in that cage because he's representing those. So even if he's not using all of those, he's telling the world, "I use this to get me here." It yeah. makes you feel like I if I try this, maybe, and I train hard, and I want to do this, I can get there. Nowadays, it's, okay, if I buy a Reebok fight kit, I can be in UFC. Yeah, I miss like, those. I miss those banners like that. Wow. I really do. Wow. Look at the Octagon. The Octagon 
went from having no sponsors to having Harley Davidson, Monster Energy. Oh my God! Like Budweiser, like, remember, like all it used to see, say nothing but UFC and maybe a, Metro a, PCS, a, 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 a major upcoming movie, and that was it. Yeah, Toyota it, tires. And... They took all the sponsors away from the fighters. Exactly. And it for themselves. Exactly. And that just ugh. What, they, what it says is it's okay for us to plaster everybody's name all over our our stuff, but if you want to do it for your stuff, no, you can't. Yeah, it, it's not okay. It, no, it, it, and, and like I said, if they want to re-sign and do Reebok, I'm fine with it. If they want to use it for the shorts, but let guys throw lugs, let them throw monster, let them throw venom. Like I mean, if you've ever played one of those uh, like the UFC video games. Mm-hmm. And you would like the uh, create a fighter and do your career. You could find sponsors and design your trunks that way. Yeah, you know the newest UFC game isn't gonna have that. No, it's gonna. Nope. It's gonna be here's your here's your Reebok. Here's kit your Reebok kit. Yep. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah, I'll be playing. The, I'll be playing the newest UFC game tonight. After this, I've uh, I've got that down here with my my new Xbox that I got, and uh, I'll be. Finishing up with Injustice Two, and I'll be playing the new UFC game tonight. How's that? How's Injustice going? Loving it, absolutely loving yeah. it. I finished up nice. the storyline. Uh, uh, the first storyline, you get to a certain point, you got to pick either side with Batman or side with Superman. The first playthrough, I sided with Batman, obviously because I'm a Batman freak. So yep. the next playthrough, I got to side with Superman so that I can unlock those characters and I can get that oh, ending. I- so yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to play through it at least twice to get all the unlocks and, and to find all the stories and all the stuff. So I'm on my second playthrough now, uh, siding with Superman. So we'll see what happens there. After I finish that up, I'm going to play some UFC. Nice. After I post this, of course. So um, for mm-hmm. me, anyway, right now we are going over the rules of the fight. Big John is out there with, with Chris Weidman and Kelvin Gastelum. We are poised for five rounds of what I expect to be outstanding UFC action, and not to... That this has become a really boring clinch fight. Cause it, I, uh, my biggest fear is that these guys just clinch all sure. long. Oh, sure. It could be. It very I, well I, could be. These guys, this, this, this fight could be an exciting boxing, wrestling fight, or it could be here a clinching little shot here and there. Weidman, I, he looks better than I've seen him recently. He looks... More focused, if I if I can say that. I don't. Well, I mean, I'm a minute into the fight right now, so it, it obviously is very early. But my God, Gaston looks the exact same way he always does. So Gaston, this is why Gaston's so dangerous. You don't know what he's thinking. He looks the same way, and all of a sudden, boom, it's over. We're looking at two outstanding wrestlers, two two Good collegiate shot, athletes, two amazing wrestlers that can go on the ground all day long. Wideman with a nice body kick, nice little left hook from uh, from Weidman. There's the kick. Wideman, another one. Wideman, I mean, Gaston's putting pressure on, but Wideman's not absorbing the pressure. He's 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 answering the pressure with 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 action, which is good to see from Wideman. Take down attempt from Weidman. Take down by Weidman. There we go. Nice. We needed that. Oh, it, uh, oh triangle overrated. Weidman with the back. This is exactly, yeah, this is what we said, right? Weidman had to get that early takedown. Mm-hmm. And there, 
a pound. There it is. There's the shots. You got them on the ground and just work the work the work it right there. Well, I mean, you stay on them, stay on the ground, stay on top, grind, grind, grind. Uh, you got okay, got some back up. Wide with the knee. Still has his back. Takes him down again. This is oh. nice. That's Mary. Got some kind of blocks it. Weidman's still controlling the back. This is a much different. Well, there's the takedown for for Weidman. This is a much different Weidman that we've seen. This reminds me of the Weidman that we saw against Rockhold in the in the early uh, in the early rounds. This isn't the Weidman that we saw against. I mean, he looked good against uh, against Musasi and, and and kind of good against Romero, but he didn't. He he looked like he was missing something, you know. Yeah, he looked more. I don't know. Uh, sluggish isn't exactly the word I'm I'm looking for. I'm not oh, sure what it is. That that's a, that that actually is good because maybe looked, it is. He he just looked like he was missing that 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 ump. Yeah, there it is. So maybe that is the word I'm looking for. Uh, those knees were great. Great time knees. Uh, riding the body for Weidman. I mean, Weidman's Weidman's doing everything he should do in this fight right now in the first round. Arm trying to get an arm bar. I mean, we got a minute and. 40 seconds left right here, and I mean, Wyman's got this round all but locked up for him right now. If he's doing anything stupid, work on the arm. If you can get it, you'd be in a good position to get an arm bar. The official Ooh. numbers with 121 left in the first round. Kelvin Gaslam's. Oh, can. Oh, Kevin Gaslam, good fight off. Wow. Gaslam fights off beautifully. This, this round has been all Wyman so far. All Wyman. And this is what he needs, right? That early round, uh, that early round dominance, or uh, kind of build himself up and kind of get get into Gaslam's head. He needs to he needs to drag Gaslam deep. Oh yeah, and keep him there. He needs to at least have, he, if Gaslam needs to finish the second round on his back, and then and, and that thing is going to be game over. Right now, there's been a lot of control by Wyman. Only three strikes landed by Gaston. The entire round, with thirty seconds left in the round. Uh, we'll see how he finishes. He need Gaston if he wants to avoid uh, a disaster this first round. He better land something more significant than three strikes. And, and, and the thing with Gaston is that I, I'm I'm always reminded about that fight from earlier this year with that Vitor when he just exploded. He just landed that shot. Uh, Gaston can do that. Continue strike, a little bit of control at the end. There it is. Oh shit, Gaslam. Oh no. Oh. Oh, round over. The round's oh, over. Shit. And that he needed oh, to finish strong in that shot. round to avoid a 10 8, and I think he did. And Wyman definitely went to the wrong corner. Oof. Up after that one. Fuck. Exactly. Just as I said, you know, that, <laughs> just, just as I said, the explosive shot. You don't know when it's gonna come. He landed that shot on Weidman, and boom. I got about ten seconds I mean, left for me, and I see the, there's the left hand. Bing, bing, bing. Three, four, five, six, seven. You know and uh, that they showed it in the preview. That's exactly what happened to Vitor. Exactly the exact same. Missed the right. Hit with the left, down he goes. Wow, Kelvin Gaston, wow. He stunned him, but thankfully a lot of those shots were just really rabbit shots. They weren't really... 
Kelvin Gastelum wins this fight, <sighs> Rob Cold's tied up. The Robert Whitaker is all tied up with the champion. The only person left that you can give him that's uh, head number five is Yoel Romero. Man. That, maybe, maybe, uh, does Jocker have a fight right now? I, no, he's not. He's not tied up right now at all. You could get, so Kelvin wins, he's looking at Jacare or Romero. Wow, that's picking between death or death. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Good God. Sure. Unless you're Robert Whitaker, <laughs> I mean. Well, yeah. Unless then you're you're. I mean that. I mean, and that the Robert Whitaker becomes the Grim Reaper. <laughs> right. He defies death. Oh, Weidman is Weidman does not look. <sighs> his face does not look. Oh God, I'm not excited right now for Weidman. <sighs> Fuck me. Oh. He needs to shoot. I, I, I was just saying that he needs to go for a quick takedown. He needs to get some. He needs to gas him down. He's looking gassed too. That, took, that left hand took a lot out of him. That he's definitely. I was gonna say he definitely looks dazed still. He's still rocked from that punch. Like he's still on Queer Street. Well, they're doing right now. They're about four. Just just over four minutes left of the second round. <laughs> There's a takedown for for Wyman. There you go. Get Excellent. Down. So where I'm at right now, we're just three and a half right now. We're tra- we're trading. We're range. We're trying to Wyman's fainting. He's trying to trying to judge where to go. Nice right hand, and he gets the takedown. There you go. He's trying to take the back. Looks like he's trying to take the back and work a rear naked on uh, on Gaston. Gaston got out. Doesn't appear as though he's. I mean, after taking that left hand, he's kind of gun shy. Doesn't want to box with him anymore. Yeah, yeah, that, that uh, he—that's exactly what I thought. Like his, his face, like, you, you can read—you know—you can read the guy's face, and he just did not look interested. He looked like he was trying to figure out what do I have to do to get him to get inside. Get inside, take him down, land some inside shots, take, take his take back again. For wide men, he got the back again. Working Gaslam's back. Round two officially scored two takedowns so far. For Chris Weidman with a minute and 14 seconds of control in this round. Almost got a third. Uh, looks like Gaston may have had the cage, but I can't really tell. I mean, they got Big John in the cage, though, so I'm not. That's why I trust him. Hold, I'm, I'm going to say he didn't hold the cage because Big John's in there, but it, it looked like it at first. There's a third takedown. I've seen the hand on the cage. It did, it did look pretty close, but. It, it may have been just like the open hand bracing. I think it was. I think it was. Alright, so he's uh three takedowns officially for Chris Weib in this round. He's in full guard right now. I mean he's working it. Doing it. So Chris Weibman doing I mean this he's this is exactly what he had to do, right? I mean he but won this the first is the, this round. is the game plan. He won the first round ten nine. That's I mean that's more he Gaston had the knockdown, but that was one punch. Yep. And there was so, nothing that really ca- he had some rabbit shots, but Ten seconds of a, of the round was gas slump. So I mean, you got to give the first round ten nine to Weidman. This round, three takedowns. He had his back for a majority of the first part of the round. He's got him. He's on top. He's landing some shots now on top. So I mean, Weidman's looking good to have a, a two nothing. This has been a dominating round for him so far. Uh, two minutes and thirty two seconds of control officially. Nineteen total strikes. Three takedowns. 
opposed to Kelvin Gaslam's only three strikes. That's all he's landed this round so far. Gaslam's looking like he's trying to work a submission, but he can't get his legs over uh, over Weidman's arms or the uh, the, uh, the left arm. Weidman well, try, should try to work some use his nearly seven inch reach advantage to work some elbows from the top. He's got a significant reach advantage with the arms. Hopefully, he takes advantage of that. That, that was the the big thing for me was that reach. Because I thought that the reach was actually going to work in favor for Kelvin. Because I thought that it was going to require... I, I thought that Wyman was going to be a little gunshy using so much reach on the boxing, you know what I mean? Sure. Then try and grapple standing up and try to use, like, push him against the cage and land the elbows against the cage where it would end up working in Gaslin's favor, where he would be able to land a shot here or there. But it's actually turned out the exact opposite of that. Oh, Wyman's got his back now. Trying to work a choke. Trying to work the rear naked. Three and a half minutes of control this round. 29 total strikes. Oh, wow. What a way to finish the round for Wyman. What a beautiful way to end it. By the numbers, Wyman should have a 10-8 round on this round. Uh, You know what? I I would 100% say three takedowns. uh, Great control on the back. Great control... uh, on, uh, on top, I would judge that 10-8. For, for me personally, I would see that. I, I, I would give that one a 10-8 for o- me. Officially over three and a half minutes of control, 29 total strikes, three takedowns for Chris Weidman. Kelvin Gaslam, his only numbers for that round is he landed three strikes. And to me, that's, that's a 10-8 round for Chris Weidman. I mean, the only time that Kelvin really looked in control was when they were both feeling each other out and Kelvin was they were feeling each other out in that round when Weidman was on Queer Street yeah. the second he was able to shake those cobwebs free it was all it was it was all Weidman yeah I don't know how the judges are going to score it I give him 10-8 for round number 2 all day yeah. long and he's doing the game plan he's, he's keeping him he's taking him down and keeping that's him down the, that, and, that, and that's what we wanted to see I, I hope he doesn't get stupid. Oh, oh, he knocks him down. Oh, Wyman going for the choke, big knee. Uh, you know what? He looks like he wants to stand up a little bit more. Now he's getting comfortable. He got a little more. He got a little more cocky after that that dominating second round. He's eating shots. I feel like he got to work that takedown. Work the takedown. Don't they? It, it, it's so. Oh, fuck off! God damn it, my TV. So TSN has just decided to turn itself off. What? Switch over to soccer for the Gold Cup of USA versus Costa Rica. So I just had about uh, 10 seconds of a black screen before we came back to the fights. Oh. And now Wyman's teeing off on Kevin Gaston. I don't know if I missed something. <laughs> no, no, no. Gaston, no. Kelvin's got some head moving, but, but Wyman's got landing some shots there. Wyman got, uh, came off better of that exchange. I was about to say, oh my god, I'm going to have to start screaming goal all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> they traded, but Kelvin got uh, got the worst of that one. Good leg kick by Chris Weidman. Nice high kick, nice leg kick. Weidman using kicks to his advantage. Kelvin said a big right. There's another takedown attempt. Bing, there's the big right. Another right. Left hooks, big right hand. Both, both men are looking tired at this point, I will point out, though. 
And uh, Chris Weidman, I will, I will say, endurance has never been his big thing. Yeah, I mean, if you go back to watch his Machida fight, he was lucky that that was a five-round fight because he won takedown for Weidman here. Uh, Chris Weidman nice won that leg fight. Kick. Uh, Chris Weidman won three to two that fight, and those last two rounds are all Machida. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and he's starting to gas here. Gaslam's looking really tired. Uh, Wyden has his back, and Gaslam's literally looking like Gaslam's just leaning up against the cage, just taking knees here. Well, uh, we know about Gaslam and cardio. I mean, it's not exactly his strong suit either. I mean, we're at I'm at 240, so when you get to put the three minute mark, you're gonna see Gaslam is just eating pointless. Another big takedown. Chris Wyden taking Gaslam down at will right now. I love this. this Officially, two takedowns and over a minute of control for Chris Wyden on this round so far. Dominating. There's, oh, I think he, I don't even know if he's going to be able to. Just under two and a half minutes to go. Chris Weidman, as of now, is 7 of 10 in takedowns. Outstanding. Following the game plan of the average Joe's MMA show is Chris Weidman. I knew he would listen in, and I knew he would follow what we had to say because that's our boy. Oh, two, three. I can't recall the last time. And I was looking back at it. I've actually called the, when it comes to the main event winners, I've called the last three. And I can't recall the last time I've actually had my the, the, a main event streak going into this one. But I was really nervous for Chris Wyman that I took it. <laughs> a streak has to end eventually. Oh, he's going for, going for a, oh, Chris Wyman going for the choke. Going for the, uh, going for a side choke. Tell him going to tap. Oh, Kelvin fighting it. Can Wyman get the choke? Oh, Kelvin. Kelvin. To get out. To get out. Oh, Kelvin. It's all over. That's it, baby. Wyman, third round submission. The winner. Oh, beautiful. I needed that. I needed that win. Yes. Awesome. Man. Chris Weidman, that's what it's about. Oh. Now you got to give him Jacare. you got to give him Jacare now. Arm triangle from the left-hand side. Kelvin Gaslam just had, he fought with everything. To Gaslam's respect, he fought with everything. Are there any parents better than Chris Weidman's? Every fight that he has, his parents are like those, like, like, I picture him at high school events where they're like at the side just screaming at all the other <laughs> dad is just right there right now I love fucking uh, that's awesome I've stuck through Gastel or excuse me I've stuck through Wyoming through every single win and every single loss I've never picked against him and I probably never will I, I have so much respect for Chris Wyoming he's one of my favorite fighters win or lose and I'll continue to pick with this man. Oh, man, I'm so happy for this right now. You, I mean, I mean, and like, like we were saying there when it was happening, Gaslam just gassing like he does. I mean, Weidman had him against the cage. Weidman showed the game plan for how to beat Kevin Gaslam. Yes. Take him down. Take him Wear down, him grind, grind, grind. Grind, grind, grind. That's what, and that's what we said on, on Thursday. Absolutely. 
If you wear him out for a round and a half or two, Kelvin will be in so much trouble. Look at Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman's dad. Can we get... All right. <laughs> Good God. This guy, like, uh, OJ's going to get a reality show. Can we get the Weidmans? Let's get the Weidmans. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm trying, for Christ's sake. I love this family. My God, the first family of MMA right The here. Weidmans. I would watch God. that all day long. I am so happy right now. I need to see that win for, for Chris Weidman. What a great win. What a hell of a fight. Weidman dominated from the second oh, round on. The sec, this, he was in trouble for, what, 11, 12 seconds after Gaslam landed that shot. And he looked kind of on edge when that second round started. But once those cobwebs were shook free, that was it. Took him down three, four, five more times. Tired him out, wore him down. Kelvin Gaston got a nice new backpack named Chris Weidman. And that was it, and that was all she wrote. You know, the first round, yeah, he took that knockdown, but I, I had him dominating round two with a 10-8 round, personally. And then uh, round three, arm triangle, one of my favorite uh, submission moves is an arm triangle. I absolutely love that uh, that move, and he finished him with it. I still called it side choke because of the Brock Lesnar Shane Carlin. Yeah, stuff. sure. They, 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 they called it the side choke, and I, I call it side choke just because that's what uh, they had called it. Yeah. And then I started calling it an arm triangle, and I'm like, same thing. Yeah. I, I, I know that's it. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't know my techniques. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, another side choke. I'm like, do I know my techniques? Like, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> but no, but you know what? Like, uh, I mean, what, hey, so, we were talking about Gastelum, Romero Souza, right? Yeah. For, so, for Weidman, do you give him Souza now? I don't know what I'd do with Weidman at this point. Do you, um, maybe, do you maybe give him Silva just because? A third time with Silva? I don't think. Because um, they gave him Silva instead of Gastelum. It was supposed to be uh, Silva. Uh, when it was Silva, Gastelum was announced. Mm-hmm. It was actually going to be... Weidman Silver 3, but Weidman wasn't ready, so it went to Gaslam before Gaslam pulled out or whoever yeah. was pulled out. So, I mean, you know what? Oh, I wouldn't even mind seeing like something like uh, Derek Brunson and Kelvin Gaslam. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be so bad. I mean, they're, they're going to be close. Derek Brunson's ranked 7, now Gaslam is 8. He's obviously going to drop a little bit because of this loss, but... He, he could actually stay put. I mean, uh, what middleweight would actually jump him at this point? Uh, below him is David Branch, uh, Christoph Jocko, Vito Belfort. Probably not going to jump him. Um, if he if he drops, Branch might go up one. Branch and Jocko both fight on yeah. September 16th. So, I mean, he'll probably still be number eight until, until then. At, least another, yeah. at least another month and a half. So, uh, you know what? I wouldn't mind Souza and Weidman. That one could be kind of interesting based off that Whitaker fight. Right, right. Man. Right now, I'm just, I'm, I'm riding high. I was going to say, my heart is in my throat. Right now. <laughs> I'm fucking happy for Chris Weidman. Oh, that was an outstanding win. I mean, I, I, it was the performance that I, I mean, it's exactly what we, we predicted. You know, the early takedown and just grind it out for a couple of rounds and get the finish. Yeah. 
And it, it, it's exactly how I saw it having to happen. That's all. I mean, hats off to Chris Weidman. I mean, I, I really hope he's able to... You know what? If he doesn't get the title back, I hope he can at least... Uh, I hope he at least has a chance to fight uh, Luke Rockhold a second time. I hope he at least gets to fight uh, Robert Whitaker. Regardless if it's a title on the line or not, like I hope that I hope that we get to see uh, Chris Weidman maybe like uh, you know do a three four fight uh, run right now. I'm trying to hear what he says, but I got it so low so we don't uh, hear. But it doesn't sound like he's really calling I'm, anyone out in particular. I put my fucking subtitles on my TV, but my Carlos and. Carla loves playing with the controllers, so right now, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently reading Chris Wyden speaking either Portuguese or Spanish, and I don't speak, I barely speak English, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I ain't gonna know what he's saying in any other language. <laughs> so, Wyden improves to 14-3 and three now, coming snaps a three-fight losing streak. No one in particular just says, keep doubting me, motherfuckers. I got you. So, I mean, outstanding. Matt, when it comes to something like, like Matt Sarah and John uh, Don Donaher, outside the Gracies, can you think of a better duel to be your jujitsu trainers? Oh, God. Eddie Bravo, maybe? Like, I mean, that'd be the only one I could think of that I'd want. Eddie Bravo. The only thing that scares me for, for John Donaher is that I've heard so many stories of him going to weddings wearing a rash guard. <laughs> like, like, John Donaher, I mean, I mean, he's, like, so overly committed to what he... I mean, Eddie Bravo, I mean, I love Eddie Bravo, and uh, yeah. EBI is such a phenomenal event, but to have a jiu-jitsu guy like John Donaher... Right. ...have a guy... Like Matt Sarah, who's Gracie trained. Sure. So you have the Gracies, Matt Sarah, and John Donaher. I mean, his ground game is. I mean, you you see that choke and how he was able to, how smooth he was able to transition. Amazing transition, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, taking taking him down from the back. Um, Going into working, the guard. Yeah, work get from guard and how he is. Flip, 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 move, move, move. Choke, and there was no panic. I mean, you, I've, you, how many times do you see a guy attempt a choke hold, but the second that they don't feel comfortable, they let it go? That's he smart. Looked, he, he looked like, okay, just hold it. it. You could see that he was waiting for Kelvin to try to squirm. Out. You know what? The best example, a bull constrictor. When it like when a bullet puts its it's a, when a bullet strangles, you're not in trouble. You're only in trouble if you breathe out. Once you once you breathe, then it tightens. And, exactly. And the way that Kelvin was in trouble, so he tried to move away. And the moving away was what put him in more trouble. And the way that Wyman locked in that, that side choke was so perfect he didn't he just laid there. 
he just he had it locked in the way that he felt he had to, and he just laid there and let Kelvin try to fix himself, which actually put himself in more trouble. Wow, man. I'm excited. What a good night, man. We had a great night of fights tonight. Man, I, <laughs> I'm, running on cloud. I'm still like I'm running the momentum of uh, first match right now. I'm so bloody. I mean, and like you said, we had a couple little split decisions to start off. Yeah. I mean, more than I'm used to seeing. You know, if you see, it's almost kind of rare if you see a single split decision on the card these days. But with the yeah. new, with the new, we, we talked about it before with the new rules, we're going to start seeing more and more and more splits. Um, and we're going to see more and more and more draws and, and these kind of things, the new rules coming out. So to see, you know, a, a couple, two, three splits is, is under the new rules is not really un- uncommon. Uh, you know, we've foreseen this a while back, but. Um, you know, new rules, new us. We got to adapt. We got to adopt, just like all the fighters do. And uh, we've been trained for so many years to see it one way. Now we just have to look at it at another. Exactly. And and for all the shit that New York has gotten uh, for their judging, those split decisions weren't terrible. No, no, no. no. I think they did. They got it right tonight. There were, I think. Uh, I mean, I haven't watched the pre, the early or the prelims. I only watched the main card and some highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just so me and you would start talking, you had said, uh, I think Dos Santos had a 30-27 that you kind of questioned. But aside from that, I didn't see really any issue with any judging. I thought Mm-mm. everything, I, I thought the guys that won should have won, and the fights were legitimately close enough that 29-28, one way or the other, was justifiable. The early, yeah, like I said, I, I kind of watch it backwards, so I have to, now I'll sit down, I'll, I'll make a coffee, and I'll sit back, and I'll watch the earlies, you know, I watch the earlies after I watch the main, so I'll decide whether or not the, the earlies were, were done properly, but for what I watched on the prelims and the main card, those eight fights, I was very satisfied with the judging, I was very satisfied with the refing, I was very satisfied with the outcomes, I was happy. Yeah. I, I was mean, happy. I, I mean, and and you know what? Aside, I mean, judging aside, and I mean, the fights themselves were awesome. They were. I mean, they uh, were. Widows was great. Uh, um, Cummings and. Uh, oh God, that was a war. I mean, that, that I mean, Cummings' eye. Was, <laughs> uh, I mean, his eye, the side of his head, his cheek. Oh, Jesus. Lamte was looking like he was like it was like we said we said who was. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he comes back in the third round, lands that early shot to open up that cut again, and you start thinking, oh, here we go. But, I mean, it was just a great little war. I mean, and even to start the whole thing off with, uh, with Almeida and Rivera. I mean, I don't even know what to pick for fight of the night. On I mean, just based off the main card, I don't even know if Almeida was the fight of the night after that uh after that uh, uh, Cummings fight. Yeah, you know what? I don't even know if... Uh, it's going to be hard to pick Weidman and Gastelum. You know? I don't say that Cummings and uh, Valente was fight of the night only because of the second round that Valente gassed. Yeah. But it, still, like, the overall performance of both fighters, I mean, Valente, sure, he looked kind of crappy, but that first and second round, he looked on, on point. I might give fight of the night to the main event and performance of the night to Patrick Cummins. You know, I might do something like that. 
I'm gonna go play. The, I performance of the night for me has to be Chris Weidman. Yeah. Okay. I can't. I can't not give performance of the night. Can't. I cannot not give it to Chris Weidman. I. 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 I'm gonna give my play of the night is gonna be uh, Almeida Rivera. I'm gonna stick by what I thought it was gonna be. Absolutely. Just thing about how Valente kind of gassed a little bit, and how Bermudez was strong in the third round, but kind of iffy in the first two ish. Uh, whereas. I could see Almeida or Rivera taking the uh, taking a round here or there. Like a, a one punch could have swung me. Definitely. Uh, but Chris Wyman's performance. Oh yeah. There's something up there, you know, in the main event. They got to give be given to Chris Wyman, whether you give him performance, whether you give him play of the night, whether you give him, you know, if if we go back to old school submission of the night, you know, we got to give him something because he earned something, whether you know one way or the other. And you know, with. Uh, Yoel just losing to Whitaker, and with Whitaker just beating Souza, if Michael Bisping maybe gets hurt in training, we could easily see Chris Weidman and Robert Whitaker for the interim title. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't. I, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> but with that win, Chris Weidman is. Probably an injury away from a title shot. Yeah, and I don't like anybody against Whitaker right now. Oh, oof. Uh, like, like I said, like when I when you guys were were taking Romero, Romero, I'm like, am I am I really that crazy for taking Whitaker? <laughs> like, I, I have to say, I can't. Like, my only reasoning for taking Whitaker was because I keep picking him to lose. Right. So therefore, I'm taking him to win because. Because math, they lose, and I know, like, I'm going to be wrong regardless. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, with the, like that was a such a big win for Chris Weidman. Yeah, outstanding and, win. I mean, look at that. After you, you look at Bisping, and then you get Whitaker, Romero, Souza, Weidman. Still, kind of have Gaslam. Yeah, I mean, he's, he lost to number five. It's not like he lost to, uh, you know, Tim Bosch or something. Yeah, and then you got Tim Kennedy's got that fight coming up. I mean, they're not Tim Kennedy, sorry. Uh, Luke Rockhold has that fight coming up with uh, with David Branch. I mean, it, the middleweight division is has the potential for the next year and a half to be extremely fun with a lot of good matchups. But the only problem is that Bisming said when he loses the belt, he's going to retire. Mm-hmm. Romero's 40. Right. Uh, Rockhold is trained at AKA, so he's always yeah, hurt. That's a big <laughs> if. Yeah. So, I mean, you could, I mean, you, hopefully the next year and a half, two years, the middleweight division just blows up and stays to be, uh, stays completely fun. You know, Anderson Silva's ranked number six, and he's not getting any younger. Well, he wants Nate, uh, Nick Diaz. Hey, you see yeah. that one? Yeah, I seen that article. I think I shared it. Not, I'm not mad at that fight. No, I'd like to see that run back. I'd like to see that one fight. Um, I think I seen one that uh, uh, a while back that uh, GSP posted. He'd like to run it back with Nick Diaz. Yeah, that, I mean that was the one that um, GSP's orthodontist had, uh, and and I we we were talking. Uh, yes, I do have connection to GSP. <laughs> uh, and GSP had told him that Toronto 206 was supposed to be 
him and Nick Diaz. Uh-huh. But it all fell through, and that's when the whole Bisping thing came up, and then that fell through, and it was the eye. Yeah. So UFC 206 was originally supposed to have GSP Diaz, because of GSP's eye, he couldn't sign the fight. And Anderson, and you know. Why, and that's why all of that kind of kind of came to with uh, with the Bisping uh, the Bisping fight a couple of weeks later, a month later. Or so. And Anderson liked to run it back with with Diaz as well. That was uh, that was kind of a a, a fun thing to see. Entertaining. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on, Nick Diaz literally laid in the he laid down. He laid down, he come, and then he said, come on, let's go. I mean, I mean <laughs> it may be a little corny, a little cheesy, but it, it's fine. I mean, That's it, Nick it, Diaz, it, man. Diaz Brothers. I mean, what? I mean, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw a blank on the name. I want to say it was Roger Huerta, but I know it wasn't. But do you remember the Nate Diaz when he had the guy in the triangle choke? And as he, just as he locked his legs... He put his arms. He, so Nick, Nate Diaz is on his back. He throws his hands up. Flips oh, off the um, Kurt Pellegrino. Yes, thank you. Yes. Yep. And he starts like he's like just celebrating and celebrating. <laughs> and like, he's not tapping. Use your hands. And he just uses. He never uses his hands. Yeah. He just uses. He just celebrates while he's choking him until he taps. I mean, <laughs> that, that, Diaz brothers, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I catch I catch some heat from some of the boys that uh, I watch with because they're not Diaz fans. They don't like their extra stuff. I'm like, I fucking love the Diaz boys. I think they're fucking fun as shit. I hate the Diaz brothers, <laughs> but I absolutely love the Diaz brothers. There it is, love hate relationship. That's it. I mean, you can't you when when you're on your back trying to choke someone out. And instead of focusing all your energy on the choke, you're rather flip off the crowd and start celebrating and take an extra 10 seconds to get the win. Love it. How can I hate that? (laughs) (laughs) As as an MMA fan, I had to give that mad props. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, I got to go piss so bad. Let's get out of here, man. Let's let's, let's finish this thing up. uh, You got some final words for tonight? Uh, you know, I'm just happy that I was actually finally able to get uh, not just a random segment on uh, Fight Net, but actually get to do a full one. Uh, and an awesome fight card for me to do my first one. Uh, who knows, maybe Mexico City might be calling for uh, for another one. That sounds good to me, man. I had a great time having you. It's always fun to do these. And we'll see what happens the next time. Hopefully it's a pay-per-view. We'll see. But you know what? This is another... Fight Night with the Joes, and we will see you guys next time with the Average Joes MMA Show.